Are you a fan of the show Supernatural? Well, you're in luck. There's a new series on NBC called Constantine, and it's based on a comic where those heartless bastards on the CW stole all their best material. Well, actually, you're really not all in that much of a luck, because it looks like NBC is in the early stages of canceling this wonderful show. But you can help rescue it by tweeting your support in the hashtag SaveConstantine on the Twitters and probably on Tumblr or something. That's hashtag SaveConstantine. Constantine airs Friday nights at 10pm, which, if you don't know, is basically the TV version of Florida. Things are sent there to die. Do it, or Gian Gomez might never be on another episode of Off Time Jive. This is Michael Holler, signing off. Welcome to Off Time Drive. My name is Tyler Pino. My name is Michael Holler. And my name is Cameron Lola. Holy fuck, you're like one of those foreigners. Yes, yes I am. Where do you come from, sir? England. England, whereabouts in England? Uh, a place called Blackpool. I don't expect anyone to know where that is, um, but it's near Manchester. It's Sounds like, like where the Pirates of the Caribbean films took place. Yeah. I really hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I actually haven't seen those films. Really? You haven't seen any of the Pirates of the Caribbean No, I kind of avoided them, like, the Black Death, but, um... I saw the first two. I saw the second one in theaters, because I was dragged there with a friend. Um, and I saw the first one, I believe, in, like, a high school English class, for God knows what reason. Like, when you were in high school, or did you go back to a high school? (laughs) Yeah, I I was in my mid-40s when that movie came out, so, like, I was at a high school, I had snuck in, and I was masturbating in a closet, and uh, they happened to be watching Pirates of the Caribbean because it was FCAT week. And, you know, this is the reason why Tyler Pino now can't step foot within 300 yards of any high school, middle school, or Well, just in Florida. Like, federally, I don't think that they're aware. That's why I came to New York. Michael, the internet needs to know, how are your balls? <laughs> okay. Or ball. Or ball. Okay. But yeah, we discussed this on the last episode, and we have also been discussing this today, Cameron and I. I don't necessarily know that I believe that you still have two balls. <laughs> We're actually discussing of... buying him a replacement mm-hmm. testicle. Yeah. It could be made of adamantium. That'd be or like one painful. that heats up. Yeah, when he gets cold. Which, it's wintertime. It would be a really good Christmas gift. Well, you know... With the, so for anyone with that's the, with listening, the, with the whole, Amazon wish lists are a thing. The whole problem with that whole self-heating, like, mechanical testicle, though, is winter may be coming. I will not. Get it? Cause it's, I don't get it. All right, never mind. It's He's a saying Lord, that it's a Lord because of the Rings he only reference. has one testicle, he now has lost the ability to ejaculate. Exactly. Really? Is oh, that actually, true? It's, it's, it's because, uh, like, it was just crushed... Like William Defoe? That's actually a really yeah. good question. When it, when's the last time that you've ejaculated since this has happened? Uh, or did is it the, like did the doctor say that you're not allowed to do that? It's it was the last time was like the day before it happened. Holy yeah! So fuck. it's it's been two consecutive weeks. That's... I'm extremely worried about. Well, actually, scientifically speaking, your body should be taking care of that in your sleep. Is this that would stand to reason? Because you just told me before the show started that you haven't slept in seventy-two hours. This is true. Is what is the actual reason for that? 
I, yeah, well, you know, the past two nights I've been trying you to just study. Had this pain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he felt like it was late to check it out. Oh, you know, it was just, what's the worst that could I possibly was, happen? I was just really stiff and I couldn't relax. <laughs> no, um, because because of the surgery, I missed two weeks of my classes, and as a result, uh, I had to take finals, which I was completely unprepared for. So I I needed to study the material. And the review sheets of my classes, of which I had no idea of what to do. At least you so, had a review sheet. What the fuck is that? I actually didn't have a review sheet for one of my classes, so I just ended up reading the entire book. <laughs> also, I've I've been um, marathoning every DC show that's on TV now, with the exception of All of, of the live-action shows. All of the live-action shows, that's correct. Mm-hmm. With the exception of Gotham, though. So how are you healing up? Um, You've been walking better. I, I have. That. I have been walking better. I've been walking... <laughs> With uh, with <laughs> discomfort and not pain. Thank you for asking. Uh-huh. This, see, and this is this is your cover up for when I'm walking down the hall and I catch you like staring at my ass. You're just actually like, oh no, I'm just trying to see how you're I've walking. I've never needed a cover up for that. <laughs> I just let it happen. I don't care if you question it. I don't know. It just always makes me a little self conscious. It should because you have no ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. To be fair, like the whole thing about being self conscious. No ass like, and you have one ball. When, when, when. He's <laughs> barely a human being. When Tyler and I were first discussing like topics for the podcast that we last did, and we were, we were talking like, should I talk about my surgery? And you know, my, my chain of thought was like, you know, I'll probably never meet the people who talk about their who listen to the podcast. I mean, I don't know how many viewers exactly we get, but you know, uh, approximately none. This is an audio only podcast. What exactly are they viewing? <laughs> okay, okay, <laughs> listeners, Jesus Christ, pitches, um, yes. <laughs> but um. But yeah, and that was her most viewed podcast of all time. So <laughs> it was our highest rated <laughs> podcast of all time. Probably uh, for two reasons. One, we actually got one out timely to talk about something that was in the news, which is something that we could never do, such as uh, with this week's episode. I mean, it's, there's, there's still some people who haven't known. Cameron just actually asked us if uh, we had seen the new Star Wars trailer or not. I which we had not. Yeah, which yeah. we hadn't. Yeah. I asked if you'd seen the George Lucas edition. No, no, no. I I remember you just said, like, did you guys see the new Star Wars trailer? And we were like, no, we haven't. Actually, what is a Star Wars? Is that the thing with the Enterprise? You know, if you didn't know the the name of Star Trek, but you knew what the Enterprise was, that would be surprising. It would be, actually. I call bullshit on your joke. (laughs) It would would be, actually. Um, Actually, the whole Star Trek, Star Wars thing... It's it's very interesting to me seeing that J.J. Abrams is now the director of both, so now there's really nothing that fans can argue and war about. But uh, it's it was a point of contention that I had with my ex-girlfriend, actually, where I would always take the point of Star Wars and she would take the point of Star Trek. And we, she was trying to argue with me that, no, 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 they're both equally popular, to which I called bullshit. And I demonstrated this one day where I went up to about you know 20 or so different random people, and then I asked them the following question. Do you know what the Star Wars theme is? And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. And they, you know, they started humming it, and you know, whether it be like Imperial March or the Overture or things like that. And I'd go, okay, awesome. Hum any of the Star Trek themes, and I would get dead silent. You could have just picked 20 really unknowledgeable people. I could have. You're right. I mean, especially considering people of my age. To be fair, though, in their defense, at least the uh, Star Wars theme is consistent. There's only one Star Wars theme. There have been several Star Trek themes. True. However, I can't think of a single one of them. I can. Um, <laughs> the 
Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It goes. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's the theme to Final Fantasy. <laughs> Very thinking possible. of Star Fox. No, that sounds familiar. I I would not be able to place that with Star, that Trek, Star Trek. That, that is that. that is a J.J. Abrams Star Trek theme. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I'd really like to see him fuck with people and just you know put like a lightsaber in Star Trek. And they, just, they name it like a light sword or yeah. something. <laughs> this is a laser sword. Yeah, it's a laser. Start, start, start calling the blasters uh, phasers. Yeah. God, can you imagine the internet would? He already explode. put R two D two in Star Trek. Yeah, he was in a floating wreckage. In yeah. The, when they so. uh, attacked the when they were oh, when they were helping um, Vulcan. Did they? And well, all the wreckage exploded. Well, he, he's already he's already crossing. Uh, you mean Jean- Alderaan? Alderaan <laughs> was the planet that yeah, blew up. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's already crossing no, genres with uh, in Star Trek. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, I know. Uh, he's he's uh, anyways. Uh, he's already crossing genres by putting uh, the the Batman the the Christopher Nolan Tumblr is on the Millennium Falcon now. I don't know if you've seen that video. What? Yeah, you you're not aware of this? No. Uh, apparently, there's like a it's like a two foot. It's not big enough to be noticeable on screen, I would say. But when they showed the overview of the Millennium Falcon, there was this long kind of video where they're going over the exterior. And one of the things that they showcased on the exterior was they had about like a two foot by one foot sized replica of the tumbler just on the bottom of the Millennium Falcon. I don't know really. I don't really know what the reason for that is, but what, when you say replica of the tumbler, was was it a structure that looked like the tumbler, or no? It was, was the tumbler. It, it was literally. It just was literally kind of like tumbler. an Easter egg kind of thing. Yeah. Or is it going to serve a purpose in the movie? Uh, no, that's that's, this the, uh, that's a deflector shield. It's <laughs> true. That's a, it's a deflector shield. Actually, uh, George Lucas. I don't know if you're aware. Uh, reportedly, has not seen the Star Trek. I mean, Star Trek, the new Star Wars trailer, and he refuses to I see know, it. I know. I heard. I did hear this. What was his reasoning for that? His reasoning, it, his basic reasoning was um, people can't blame he him wants if it to, goes wrong. Yeah, you no. Know. <laughs> um, if it goes wrong, we're all gonna blame him anyways. Uh, this is true. It's, really, it's his fault. It's really his fault. Um, Fuck him, his, George. If you're listening, <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. One of our many listeners. Yeah. His his whole reasoning was basically. He wants to see the film in its entirety without spoiling anything, but he said it as George Lucas would speak, so it sounds much more, much less intelligent than that does. Okay, so it's all about trade negotiations and it's it's all about trade negotiations <laughs> and tariffs and signatures and dark side. I I was listening to his reasoning and he he explained what I just said, but in the most convoluted, nonsensical way possible. Like he was he was saying something was like so like the I, plot of the modern films. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was he was saying when I go to the movie. I, I want to experience the movie. I want to I want to watch the movie. I don't want to see the trailer and watch the movie. I just want to watch the movie. That that's why I don't watch the trailers because I don't want to I don't want to watch the movie trailer. I'm like, oh my I god, mean, what like, the fuck is this guy? If you think about it, it's kind of like a microcosm. It's like a, a a metaphor for this Star Wars franchise in general. It's like he's just said a lot of words. Yeah. That if you rearrange them, there's a good idea in there, but you have to cut away a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> like, you have to kind of write like ninety percent of the crap like, that yeah, comes out I of know, his mouth. I know what you're saying, and that's literally the original Star Wars movie. Um, it was saved in editing. It, apparently, it was this nonsense. Well, the script itself. I don't know what draft it was, but the original Star Wars, where um, Han Solo is like a, a lizard monster, I believe. Yeah. 
But no, even the film itself, apparently, like, when he had all the footage shot and, like, he took it to editing and whatever, they were like, what the... This we just spent millions of dollars on this fucking shipwreck, but then somehow or another they were able to you know refinagle it through editing and make a decent narrative. Yeah. And then so to that end, it's almost as if George Lucas has never actually directed a Star Wars movie. Yeah, I, you know I think the Thank thing God. that I yes. the, 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 <laughs> the thing that I really find hilarious is constantly like in every interview I've ever seen with the man, and even in that five-hour documentary. Uh, that came with the 2004 DVD release of the films. Uh-huh. Uh, he, he's constantly mentioning, like, the only thing I was happy about with the first Star Wars film was the soundtrack composed by John Williams, which, I mean... Half I, of your billion should go to John Williams. Yeah. <laughs> which, I mean, I, I really I really love John Williams' score, especially for the first Star Wars film. But, um, you know, millions and millions of people love that first Star Wars film. And uh, it's, it's interesting seeing how much he adores his prequel trilogy because it's basically his baby you know he wrote he directed all of them and well at least millions, someone likes it yeah yeah and and millions and millions of people despise I think, said franchise and the only thing that i can consistently agree with on most people is the best thing to come out of those prequel films is the soundtrack so i i, I just find that reversal weird i think i agree mostly um, I did really enjoy watching Liam Neeson get cut and stabbed in the chest. That was enjoyable. But I think the biggest thing that I noticed with George Lucas was when he uh, remastered the original films and made a bunch of changes to the original version. Bunch of bullshit mm-hmm. changes. And they were just... A lot of people were shocked that he would do that because the original films had been such canon for so long. Right, right. And I just thought it was hilarious <laughs> that something as funny as Han Solo shooting first... Pissed him off so much that he had to edit it so that he shot second. And but, everyone knows he shot Well, I mean, right. to, be, to be fair, I mean, the film was out for 20 years before he went to re-edit it. The Empire Strikes... Well, not Empire Strikes Back. But, I mean, back. you feel like he'd been planning the edits for 20 years. Yeah, they, but, but the, and the, know, the funny and thing, though, is uh, even with, like, the new Blu-ray releases, some of the changes that he made in the original 1997 reissues of the film, those have been changed back because, yeah because of the complaints yeah so well not even because of the complaints but he's like changing his mind i think it's point. just that he's a crazy person yeah. i don't think he realizes that he changed that to begin with he's just like looking over and he's got this kind of obsessive compulsive disorder where he's like no no that's wrong i can't nah, go back but something with like han shot for or who shot first greedo or han it's like that's not a minor no, that's, that's no, integral, that's right? character. That's yeah. something that had to have been there in the script. There's no way around it. It's not something that they fucked up when they were filming it, right? So that, yeah, it's just a complete 180 change of fucking mind. Like, you're like, ah, that's that's rewriting the fucking movie 20 years later. Yeah, and... And that's what pisses people off so much. But he was... He had this thing where he literally petitioned the Library of Congress to stop um, MGM Studios from doing colorizations of uh, classic films from, like, the 20s and the 30s. Um, And his reasoning was, you know, this was the original vision, this is what people saw, and this is what people remember, and this is... We have to preserve the integrity of the originals. And he literally lobbied the fucking Congress. Yeah. Because he was so passionate about that, then he's like, oh, Star Wars? Yeah, fuck it. Now let's, let's, Meanwhile, let's change everything. It's like, yeah, yeah, Star Wars, great. Darth right. You know what would, right. Meanwhile... You know what? Star Wars, fine. You know what would be better? If I ruin them. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's take what you love 
fuck it up. But yeah. um, but no, and it's 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 really saddening to see that that filmmaker, someone with such integrity, has changed into someone who actually is proactively going and destroying the original film negatives of the original Star Wars film. Because his reasoning is he doesn't want the original versions of those films to be remembered by anyone. And even the millions and millions of VHS copies of the original versions of the film, which are now unavailable, will eventually deteriorate to the point where they're, you know, yeah, you can't I mean, watch I them. I have some VHS copies still, I think. Yeah, so film. I have the ones where uh, they were the first re-releases, though. Yeah, I, I have the, the original box set because I got them passed down from my dad. And I yeah, just, okay. I remember watching it and then watching the DVD version. Mm-hmm. So, And I do enjoy the... The VHS. Yeah, yeah. I mean... So, thank you, George Lucas, for uh, keeping VHS alive in all our hearts, because... And you've got to love the VHS pause as well, when everyone starts moving, when you've actually paused it. Right. (laughs) People that that weren't moving actually (laughs) start (laughs) moving when you pause the VHS. There is that. I remember my family, they had had our VHS player, and they also had a separate machine... Used solely to rewind the film. Did you guys have one? Yes, of these? yes, yes. I do remember this. <laughs> I remember when this was a thing. Like um, Blockbuster Video used to like sell them for like ten dollars a pop. Um, Would you know? Yeah, in adjusted would currency, literally just yeah, <laughs> it's like fifty dollars. Like, yeah, five five million dollars in today's currency. But, God, uh, you know, I I still at my house at back home. I still have some VHS copies that have the blockbuster sticker. VHS copies of films, mind you, I think it's actually cheaper by the dozen. Where it's like twenty four ninety nine pre owned copy of a VHS film, a fucking cheaper by the dozen. Like there was a point where VHS was this expensive. Like I'm kind of shocked that cheaper by the dozen made it to VHS. When the fuck <laughs> did that movie come out? I don't remember. That was a long time ago. It's like, I was probably uh, 23 when that movie came out. <laughs> Were you that young, really? Yeah. I would expect no, you to No, I was in my mid-40s. No, I remember when Cheaper <laughs> Brother doesn't came out. Like, I was at least in... It's like the most, like, insignificant memory of a film. Like, oh, I remember when Die Hard <laughs> came out. You remember Cheaper by the Dozen? Well, that's one of those things, like, I don't think I've ever seen it, but I do remember when it came out, because I remember the promotional material, and I remember, um, like, the trailers and stuff, but I think it was, like, maybe in fifth grade when that movie came out so we had dvds by then but see i'll i'll usually remember things like i'll see a film and i'll be like wow that's that's fantastic that's phenomenal i'll see something that just looks so utterly stupid that it makes me want to kill myself Mm -hmm. um most of the latter being things you know produced and directed by jerry Bruckheimer. which point in case why i have not watched pirates of the caribbean yeah going back to the original point point, yeah (laughs) I was actually, as you said, like, you remember the promotional material and everything. I started thinking of that movie G-Force for some reason, which is, like, the guinea pigs that the special ops forces. <laughs> <laughs> so Jerry, I had no idea what you were talking about for a second, and then I just remembered. No, it was a Jerry Bruckheimer a film. He, you know, that man is so wealthy. <laughs> I, I, I honestly, I really... He just has too much free time. Yeah. And, you know, I was, um... I was actually talking to my, uh, my girlfriend Natasha last night because uh, we'd just seen the epic rap battle that just came out, which, if you haven't seen, was probably my favorite so far. It featured Stanley Kubrick, Alfred Hitchcock, Steven Spoilers, Spielberg. Spoilers, actually, because it doesn't say that in the title. It's a, it's a two-minute video. It's not like you can... Anyways, um, it was this big epic rap battle between all these big directors, and it was, it was quite fun. 
but uh, Michael Bay was one of them. He was. And, uh, you, you know, they, my girlfriend brought up this point where you, you really have to respect him, not as a filmmaker, but as a businessman. And, you know, my, my chain of thought is it, is it is a legitimate talent to have made the highest grossing, lowest rated, biggest piece of shit ever put on film and then just keep pumping out more of them. Like, it's a talent, it's a skill, and I respect well, they, him for that. They I they guess. got it right in that video, and as much as he just doesn't seem to care, but he does make movies that are fucking successful. Like, you can't say that he's not a successful director. No, no, he's an extremely accomplished director. Just not in the ways that people like. And it's like, I mean, like. I guess he's competent, and as much as, like, boy, are his movies in focus. <laughs> 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 Boy, can I watch those movies? Yeah. <laughs> they are they are a series of images committed to celluloid um, that run roughly sixty minutes to ninety minutes. So, yeah. Unless it's the third Transformers movie, where it's two hours and forty minutes. Jesus Christ! Not I can't long believe enough in see, my I, book. See, and uh, I remember my family. They, they actually that was another film where my my big my family. There was this whole movie day and. Movies for my family wasn't a necessarily common thing because A, I hate the films that my parents usually pick out, and then B, my family usually hates the films that I pick out. So it's always this usually like crisscross thing between it. And um, I remember we had this big family outing. We're all going to go to the movies together, and they wanted to go see Transformers Dark of the Moon. And I was very... Dark Side of the Moon. It, it's not actually. It's Is actually it dark of the movie. It's really. actually dark. It's of the actually moon. dark. Remember, they didn't put. I remember the that side. was coming out. It doesn't even make sense. <laughs> like, is there is there an explanation in the movie? No, no, no. Okay, so it's just they literally just talk them, about like, the dark side. Are you? I'm. That's completely because I remember when they announced it. Rem- it. It makes as much narrative sense as that film does. So it's okay. Let's. My, the point of the, the biggest the biggest complaint I have with the film is not with the title, but they were they were like, yeah, let's go see Transformers. Those are great movies. There's so many explosions. They're so entertaining. It's so much fun. And I was very adamant on the point, like, I'm not watching this movie. I'm not watching this movie. If you if you try to sit me in this movie, I will cut my wrists with my ID. I'm not gonna watch this movie. And at the time, super that would be a- impressive. Yeah, yeah. I, my, <laughs> I actually how sharp is your ID? <laughs> actually, I I did have a friend uh, in high school. He was one of my best friends. Uh, back home in Hawaii, we have this thing called May Day. And it's this big cultural celebration of Hawaii. And what that basically means is we're going to assemble high schoolers into a into a closed space and then force them to watch a bunch of cultural performances from Hawaii, which, you know, they have cultural centers there. I mean, fine, sure, I'll go to them, and it's interesting, but I'm not going to sit there for two hours and literally watch the same thing done for two hours by a bunch I of high school like students. My friend... Hula hooping. <laughs> but the hula hoops are on fire. <laughs> no, no, it's 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 like hula hooping, but without the hula hoops. My friend, I shit you not. Well, then what the fuck is the point? <laughs> yeah, he he literally cut his wrist to the point where like he was bleeding profusely from his wrists with the school provided ID. I'm impressed. Yeah, it's yeah. very impressive. It's very impressive. Because not only do, does it show dedication, in as much as he's like, I'm gonna cut my wrist because. I have to watch this hula dancing for two hours, but I'm gonna do it with something that is so dull that once that pain starts setting in, if you were to do it with like a sharp blade, it's like, okay, and then it's over. With this, you have to be like, oh god, this fucking hurts, but worth it. <laughs> because I, I remember I was I was sitting I was sitting next to him and he was vehemently like going at his wrist 
for like 25 minutes before he started to draw blood. It was it was painful to watch, but sounds like a legitimate mental illness. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but um, yeah. Or a really, really, really bad show. <laughs> I mean, was George were... Lucas directing? <laughs> it was. It was directed. It was directed by uh, George Lucas and edited by Michael Bay, but. What were we talking about before this? Uh, we talked about where I was from, I think. This is what the whole conversation <laughs> and, started from. And yeah, we, we were talking about Transformers, Transformers, right? And, yeah. uh, and so Super 8 was out at the time, and I told my family, listen, you all go to Transformers, I'm going to go watch Super 8 for the fourth time, because I, I, can't, I literally can't sit through Transformers. And Super 8 is a great movie. It really, is a fantastic really film, and I would have much rather have gone to see Super 8 for It's the, the best Steven time. Spielberg movie of the last 20 years, probably. Well, he it was didn't a, direct it. Yeah, it was produced by him, but... Uh, but uh, actually, J.J. Abrams film. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. It's lots, like, of it, le- yeah, it, lens lots of lens flares. <laughs> it literally looked like a fucking Steven Spielberg movie. It did, and it felt like, a, it felt like the Goonies, is what it felt like, and that's mm-hmm. what made me really happy. Um, it was a very good homage. To, it, it felt like a movie... That would have come out 20 years ago. Like, yeah. you don't really... Say, and that's why it was so refreshing when it came out, is, like, this was the age of Nolan and fucking... Everything had to be dark and gritty and just so fucking serious. And explosions mid-sentence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then this was just, like, a fucking flight of whimsy. This was a fun, like, It was very restrained, movie. too. Yeah. yeah. And then the Cloverfield monster was in it for no reason, but... <laughs> well, technically speaking, it's, uh... I think it, I think it was explained by Abrams, because Abrams also directed Cloverfield... And Super 8 is meant to be the prequel to Cloverfield? I've heard contradicting things about this. Have you? Yeah. Um, the whole thing with the Cloverfield monster is, like, if you kind of line it up, like, um, again, what, Cloverfield is a film filmed on a portable camera, and Super 8 is a movie, basically, the title is a portable camera. Uh, and the whole thing was the monster and Super 8, you know, went back, and then it came back because it was really pissed off. So, I mean, it makes sense, and I can see that. Why necessarily you're gonna justify it as being a prequel to Cloverfield? I don't know because I really did not like Cloverfield and Super Eight is fantastic. See, I liked film. Cloverfield. I liked I mean, Cloverfield, but I just think it ended abruptly. Yeah, yeah. I and the thing is, like, if you were going to do a sequel, like, I don't think a sequel or a prequel was necessary. But no, I had heard that J.J. Abrams said that that wasn't the case. That was like the 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 big rumor at the time was really um yeah that they were connected. Is that like how Ridley Scott was going on record? on and off multiple times when Prometheus was coming out because he was like, yes, we're making a prequel to Aliens and he was like, no, it's actually not connected to Alien. And mm-hmm. Like, no, it's actually a, a prequel to Alien. We're very excited to be going I back know. to the I know, he contradicted himself he... mid-sentence in like <laughs> fucking interviews. Like... It was the funniest thing. Like, I'd be <laughs> watching... Like... Like, I, at this point, I just think he's senile. Like, I... Mm-hmm. Honestly, like... He, he, he's... He, honestly, he's a director that I had so much respect for. Like, he did things like Alien and Blade Runner and Gladiator for Black Hawk Down films that have defined not only my respect for film but my childhood in general and and then he came out with Exodus Gods and Kings and I why there's this thing that happens um with artists it seems once they get to a certain age they start doing the opposite of what made them you know, terrific in their prime. So, like, George Lucas, that point, was, like, 22? But even Spielberg. Like, what was the last really good Steven Spielberg movie that came out? Oh, you, you don't think that uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was just a masterpiece? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, since then. That is, no, a, that uh, is a good question. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look that up. What's the last good well, Steven Spielberg? Well, he did War Horse, right? I didn't see War Horse, but I didn't hear that it was, like, terrible. terribly... Yeah, I didn't hear it was terrible. I didn't hear it was great. I heard 
virtually nothing about it. Yeah. Um, but before that, what, fucking War of the Worlds? Like, that, you're just like, what the hell is this? <laughs> I, it, it honestly befuddles me that that's a Steven Spielberg movie. Right, and that's what I'm saying, is, like, you're going on, one of the people that, like, I, I, I'm not gonna say that he's my even in the top ten of my favorite filmmakers of all time. But I think that he's probably... We had this conversation about Nolan and when we were talking about, like, who are the greatest filmmakers of their generation. I think that Steven Spielberg is easily one of the top filmmakers of all time. Not because he's made any one movie where I'm just like, oh my god, that was so fucking great. Although he has, in like terms of, like, Jaws, um, maybe uh, Jurassic Park, even. But he's succeeded in so many fucking different genres that you're just like, he could really make a decent movie out of anything. Um, Unless it's written by George Lucas, because, I mean, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Oh, come on. Anything that he's touching, we just <laughs> shouldn't... You shouldn't do it. Fucking film it just to be like, okay, George, look, we made this movie, and then throw it away. It's <laughs> like... I mean, that was bad by even, like, modern Spielberg standards. It's just, like, how did this happen? Okay, so, Spielberg. Last projects, Lincoln, 2012, which I was incredibly indifferent towards. War Horse, 2011, which also incredibly indifferent towards. The Adventure of Tin... The Adventures of Tintin is actually a film that I really liked and didn't expect I would, but... Sure. I would say that was his last I forgot film. that... I, I completely forgot about that movie, but I didn't see it, so I don't a know. A Timeless Coal in 2008? No I, idea what that is. I have no idea what that and is. And then Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which, incidentally, if you take Indiana Jones <laughs> out of the plot of Indiana Jones, Kingdom <laughs> of the Crystal Skull, the end result of the movie is exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah. It's a movie. Did you hear what George Lucas said, like, a year or so after that movie came out? He's like, yeah, we're moving forward with a new one. Only Indiana Jones isn't going to be in it. It's only going to be Shia LaBeouf. Really? Yeah, he said God, it's going to be like a standalone. What was his name in that movie? It was something stupid, like know. Rat or Turd. Uh, what was it? <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, uh, <laughs> a French, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a word. But, um... Yeah, he was going to be, like, the he main character. He can't say a full name anymore. He can't. Yeah. You no. know, oddly <laughs> enough, of my complaints with Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, Shia LaBeouf is not high up on this. No, no, no. Yeah, no. Yeah, he yeah, was actually yeah, yeah. fine I, in it. Yeah. yeah, he was He was incredible. He was one of the best things about it, <laughs> yeah. which you know is, that's when you know yeah. you got trouble with your film. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much other shit that's wrong with it, other than the fact that Shia LaBeouf is in an Indiana Jones film. You know what's interesting about Shia LaBeouf, though? He's one of those people, I don't hate him as an actor. I really don't. He's just, he's never been in anything where I'm like, I really want to see this movie. No. Um, and then there's also the fact that he seems, I can't say because I don't fucking know the guy, but he seems like a douche. Just like the way he carries himself in fucking interviews. I don't know the guy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say he's a douche. He's probably a fucking cunt Nazi. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's just, like you hear about him in interviews and stuff where he just comes off like an asshole and literally like he's trying to be. I mean, this got, like pugnacious asshole. He got fired from a Broadway show because he, um, I can't think what it was. Do you it was, know um, how much it was it would... the show Orphan? I think it was. Was it Orphans? I don't know. I don't um, remember what show it was. But he was on a Broadway show with Alec Baldwin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. I Alec Baldwin this. has been on Broadway. You know, he knows what he's doing. Sure. He had done all his preparation for the work and was mm-hmm. getting into the rehearsal process with the director. Shilbuff comes in, learned all his lines before the before the um, 
uh, before they started yeah. rehearsals. Well, that's usually and then the, just wanted blocking oh, before they started rehearsals. Before they even started before they started the show, I'm like, before they started usually re- you want to be off book before like the before opening they started night. rehearsal and then just came in expecting everyone to be on the same level and to do blocking and things. And that's uh-huh. not how most directors work when you're directing a play because you've sure. got you know two months to work through stuff and maybe try some improv on different things. And he lost mm-hmm. it on Alec Baldwin. Screamed really? Alec Baldwin. Was what I heard. He was Baldwin directing it. No, Baldwin was in he it. He was just in it. Okay. And so he did not last long. But that's it. That's shocking. And, like, you know how hard it would have to be to get an A-list celebrity fired from a Broadway play? Because yeah. it that's one of the things, um, uh, one of the biggest problems on Broadway right now is just that they can't fucking turn a profit. And that's why you see so many celebrity shows, like huge fucking celebrities on Broadway. 90% of them fucking suck because that's not their medium. They don't know what they're doing. But, like, they sell tickets. People will come from all over the fucking world to see some of these people. Um, So when that's, like, you're headlining a show like that, that's the entire reason that the show (laughs) exists at that point. And so for his behavior to be so bad that they're like, go, get out, we'll do without you, that's that's amazing. That's impressive. So good on you, Shia LaBeouf. (laughs) That's setting the bar pretty high for other assholes in show business. Once again, Off Time Internet Radio is brought to you by the film Birdman, starring Michael Keaton. Yeah. (laughs) Which is basically I wish. the premise of that show. I mean, if we're going to say it, fucking give us money, uh, yeah, Michael yeah, Keaton. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't take much. 25 bucks. Cover our hosting <laughs> month. That's all I ask. But, um, but no, that was... Have you seen Birdman, Cameron? I have not. No, I don't oh, see Birdman God, it's yet. So it's, it's fantastic. I've heard it's, it's incredible. It's, yeah. Especially as a theater guy, you'll like it a lot. Yeah. Um, it's honestly, it's one of those films that I watch and then remember why I love film so much. Mm-hmm. But um, but no, that's that's basically what it is. The whole thing. I've just heard it's Michael Keaton's comeback from his uh, Batman days. Yeah, so. absolutely. And it's it's such a tongue in cheek look at that. It's like basically kind of he's playing himself more or less. Yeah. Um, you know, because uh, uh, I mean, the only thing I can really remember Michael Keaton being in other than Batman is. Robocop, the new one, and that's not because I necessarily like Yeah, Batman that pretty movie. much killed his career for like 25 years. <laughs> like, he's been in things, but he, w- he was an A-list fucking actor when Batman took off. Like, he was huge. Um, bigger than the movie itself at that point, and that's why he was in it. But And he was, you know, more known for comedies at that point. But uh, that's why people, like, lost their shit when they're like, oh, Michael Keaton's gonna be Batman. They're gonna be like... Everybody was like, oh, you're going to make it like the 60s one and it's going to be fucking funny again. And you're going to be like, why are you doing that? Because he was known for like Mr. Mom and other fucking mm. farces. But he was a big name for a while. Um, and, and of then, course, yeah, you remember this time vanished. period, right? I remember it clearly. You remember the, you remember when the, yeah, was, yeah. you remember when the casting call was released for uh, Batman. Mm-hmm. And I remember. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, Tim Burton called me. He was like, what do you think, Tyler? And I was like, no, sir, I don't like it. And I hung up the phone, and I was like, I will never see this or any other Batman movie as long as I live. And I kept my promise. <laughs> I fucking hate Batman. Everybody knows it. Yep, everyone knows it. That's 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 why you're such a big fan of the show Gotham, because you know nothing about Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I love well, Gotham. I, I don't know what your problem is with Gotham. Exactly. Like, I, that's have, When's the last time you read a Batman comic, Cameron? You know what? We're technically we're not allowed to talk about Gotham. Yeah. Okay. We're technically. Okay. We we're under a gag order we're from under, 20th Century Fox. Oh fuck Fox! I mean, I. 
They canceled Firefly. I wanted to kill them. They canceled Dollhouse. I wanted to kill them. They you came out what? with X Men Origins Wolverine. I wanted to kill them. Honestly, you, Fox, like you know why they canceled go Firefly? Fuck yourself. You want to know why they canceled Firefly? Why? Because it was fucking boring. <laughs> Actually, well, no, you can't. You Painfully can't say that. Painfully boring. You can't say that because I can. What, what, and I did. What, what and do you I feel about? Again. How do you feel about Gotham? Painfully boring but people watch it <laughs> it's actually no I, I no i take that back i do not think gotham is painfully boring at all i think it's tonally inconsistent i don't care for the characters i don't care for the writing in general but no um far more far more compelling a watch to me than firefly i could watch gotham and just be like oh this is bad <laughs> i can't watch firefly i would fall asleep mm, okay i can see that um i think I this is one of the my favorite story shows. of gotham more than anything else just not even the writing or the acting or anything else just enjoy getting into the backstory of the dc universe i enjoy looking at the backstory in a way that's not as creative as seeing the backstory that's been done in a creative way before well that's the thing is like i when this was coming out, I was hoping that it wasn't going to be as strong a prequel as it is. But there, the problem for me with it is they're redefining the characters, and they're doing it in such a way that I just don't like the direction. It's 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 like taking uh, it's it's like taking the character. I heard of it's Luke gotten. I, I heard that uh, people are liking Jim Gordon a lot more. Are they? Than they had been. I mean, I... I yeah, he's, he's, I, he's been improving. Mm-hmm. I, I have no problem. I have no problem with Jim Gordon or Robin Lord Taylor on the show. It's just... It's one of those shows that... It's well, just, I... I uh, yeah, my problem was I, not the... I, I can't yeah. think of his name again. I do this every... Ben McKenzie. Fuck ben McKenzie. Ben McKenzie. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's phenomenal. And I loved him as Batman. And I love him... Um, I, I love what he does on the show. I just feel like the character itself has been underwritten up until... You know, from what I saw i stopped watching after like, i i feel like every character on that show is un- so underwritten to the point where I, I don't even know what the show's about at this point mm-hmm. like if you ask me what's the plot of the show i honestly couldn't tell you i think they're trying to go for like a game of thrones type thing where they That's let the exactly plot what build they're up doing. yeah, yeah. And they're yeah. trying to make the plot build up extremely mm-hmm. slowly but, but I, I just think, don't think there's enough going on in it right now for them yeah. to do that. Yeah, that's yeah. I that's, think I think the, the disconnect between Game of Thrones and Gotham is that Game of Thrones is interesting and Gotham is not. Well, that's it. Is like they're trying to mimic the style. Sto- yeah, the style, the storytelling. They're not the storytelling, but the um, outline of it without actually focusing on the characters. Because like Game of Thrones, I mean, those are thick fucking books. Oh my like, god. Ridiculously so. Each of the yeah, (laughs) well, you could take any like the way that the way that it's written um, from different character perspectives. If you were to take any of like the uh, character chapters and put them into their own book, it would be a pretty decent sized novel. Yeah. Um, Retrospectively, if you were to take any of the one character arcs from Gotham and put into show, you'd have a five minute short film. Right. You wouldn't really have enough. There's not a lot there. It would be. It would basically be one filler episode of a TV show. Mm-hmm. You know that one episode that always comes out and you're like, well, I feel like I just wasted my time because that had no relevance to the entire story. And in defense of the writers of Gotham, I mean, they have less to work with and as much as there's not any particular... St- like, they have characters, obviously, um, that have existed for years, but they're Don't kind of coming up... source material. Yeah, yet. right. They're coming up with their own storylines for them and, you know, making it up as they go, whereas the Game of Thrones writers, who I also think are fantastic in their adaptation, but... Um, they, you know, have a whole lot to work yeah, with. Yeah, from George R. Martin. And yeah. I, I like about Game of Thrones is um, the TV show has some d- subtle differences. Yeah. And it doesn't seem to affect mm-hmm. the way the plots go in, but it just enhances it sort of. And yeah. I like it. I mm-hmm. like it a lot. 
George yeah. R. Martin, if you are listening, please do not die before yes. you finish writing the novel. That's my biggest fear in life, George. Um, just hurry up with the writing. Uh, apparently, that's not going to be a problem for the show because they said that they're going to make some departures. Yeah. Um, that might be a problem for the show in my eyes, but, like, what are you gonna do? Fucking, um, Isaac Hempstead Wright is already in his mid-40s. He started the show at age 10. He's now older than I am. I don't know how it happened because it's only been on, like, it's only been on the air for a couple years, but... What ha- what happened? Because he looked the same in season series one and two, and then series, series three fucking, happened. I'm like, he literally looks Whoa. like he's in his twenties now. I don't know what the- he's like seven feet tall. Um, yeah, they, they actually had to give the actor who plays Hodor steroids in order to make him seem he was even already pretty bigger. big to begin yeah. with. Yeah, I we saw him at Comic Con this past year, and he's actually twenty three feet tall. Yeah, yeah, he was cosplaying as um fucking uh, what's that thing from that movie? Never mind. <laughs> not relevant okay so well let's try and get some current news yeah let's go to some (laughs) current What I really did want to talk about is this hack at fucking Sony, man. Have you been following this? Uh, not necessarily. I mean... Well, I mean, you're aware. I I'm, saw I'm aware that the North it. Koreans had been blamed. This is yeah. what the people are saying, and I'm thinking there's no way that that's that, true, no, right? I because mean, they're yeah. so fucking incompetent, the North Koreans. <laughs> See, like, honestly, <laughs> when, they, like, when they test a nuclear missile, it's just, it goes like 20 feet. Yeah, like, it's like... It's a long-range missile test, and they can't even get it to South Korea. And that's 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 why North Korea looks like a you know post-apocalyptic wasteland because they've set off nukes in their own country and just no one noticed. But uh, do you think they were trying to hack like the CIA and they just fucked up? They thought they were getting into fucking Obama's personal accounts, and they're like, "Nah, just Sony." Yeah, I didn't think of it that way. Maybe it was North, North Korea. Korea. That's the only way I see it being North Korea is if they were trying to hack something bigger. Yeah, and then they end up hacking Sony, and they were like, "James Bond? He, he's right. he's real." No, because there was that one Bond movie where they went to North Korea. Yeah, uh, on surfboards. Um, Tomorrow never dies. No, that was no, Die another day. Another day. Yeah, they surfboarded into North Korea in that intro for that movie. I, <laughs> I there are some that's the best way to get into North Korea. Yeah, there's some things I just wish I, for, I, I there are some things I just wish I could blank from my memory. That film is one of them. I don't know. I enjoyed Pierce Brosnan as James Bond. I enjoyed. I thought Pierce he was very Brosnan. good. I thought he was an interesting Bond. I, I wouldn't say like the I best. I thought he had one of the. I thought he had a lot of charisma for Bond. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I enjoyed Pierce Brosnan as James Bond in Goldeneye. I did not enjoy Goldeneye. Pierce yeah, but then I mean, you had Sean Bean in that, which yeah. was you know, yeah, he, that's true. and you knew he was gonna die because he dies <laughs> in everything. Yeah. But, so, um, but I mean, spoilers, that was... Goldeneye. <laughs> You haven't seen Goldeneye yet. You really need to <laughs> check your priorities, guys. But um, yeah, it's interesting the Sony hack is because some of the James Bond, the new James Bond script was leaked. Yeah, the entire thing, the um, the shooting script was yeah, leaked. I believe and they've um they've actually I think they've gotten they've gone to court over it mm-hmm. and they're trying to get it removed from the internet and everything. Because yeah, that always works so well. <laughs> yes, strike it from the internet. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna wage war on the internet. Ask Let's Jennifer go. Lawrence how that went. It's yeah, it's amazing. Like how 
how these people, they like, some of these higher ups at the studios and stuff, they just don't know how the, shit um, works. They're the like people, the two executives that were making email jokes about Obama liking films. Yeah, because, yeah. What yeah. was it? They were they were making jokes about him liking films because. Um, um, I yeah, I don't because know. black people were in them or something. Or no, yeah, yeah. They, they, they were making they racist Kevin Hart jokes, making yeah. racist jokes about Obama, and it's like you're really doing that over email. Yeah, I mean, I could like on one. Ha- I'm not going to defend that particular instance, but I will defend some of the other stuff that they said. Um, where they're talking uh, a lot of people, they've gotten in hot water over talking about celebrities in the same way that you and I would talk about celebrities. <laughs> and I'm just like, come on, dude, they're people too. If anything, it makes it more endearing. I have it written down here what they were talking. Um, they were talking about Angelina Jolie. Um, and she has this movie coming out called Cleopatra. And it's like a passion project for her. And she really, really wants David Fincher to direct it. Um, Fincher, however, is currently attached to the new Steve Jobs biopic that they're doing. I thought that was canceled. Didn't they stop production on that? They have, and it was partly because of this. Now, they called, the actual quote was, (laughs) they called Angelina Jolie a minimally talented spoiled brat. I'm not even remotely interested in providing a $180 million ego bath that will be a career-defining debacle for us both. Now, that's the kind of thing that I would say on this fucking show. So that's I'm like, not going to be like, say on yeah. this show. <laughs> now, I'm not going to... I'm sure there are five incidents where we've said that in the oh, past fucking, hour if we've I was been talking. Minimally talented, spoiled brat, was, that's a nicety from me. <laughs> like, if that was the worst I had to say about a particular celebrity, then they got off pretty lightly. <laughs> However, um... Yeah, I'm like, I, I, I don't see why there's any controversy over that at all. I'm thinking, like, come on, dude. Who cares? A, who cares? And B, fuck her. See, She's honestly, so rich. Fuck, fuck her. She, what does she need another movie for? Honestly, Give like, me a movie, she... Sony. I'm, you know, I, I just said I don't care that you're racist or whatever. I do kind of care about that. <laughs> Tyler, if you're listening. That statement's going to be on the internet for the rest of your life. Uh, <laughs> whatever. You know, I've, I've seen... Uh, <laughs> I've seen a couple of Angelina Jolie's films, and I, uh, you know, the thing is, they all seem like passion projects to me. I so don't I, have any problem with Angelina Jolie, yeah, honestly. So I, can't I think there's very, there are worse yeah, actresses. I, I, I mean, I've seen, like, her films where she's directed, she's written, and they seem like passion projects. She has another one actually coming out in, the, what, next week called Unbroken or something? Yeah. Um, and, yeah, they're passion projects, so I can't necessarily say that I don't respect her for that, but they're just not terribly good. So. Yeah. I don't. I, I don't know. Other than Laura Croft, Tomb Raider, she didn't direct that. Though. Greatest movie of all time. We all we all appreciate that movie. I think. Yeah. Do we? Do we though? Boobs. Do we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the short shorts. Don't. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> God, wasn't there a sequel to that film as well? Yes. Yeah, there were two of them. Yeah. There Why? were going to be three, but they canceled the third. Why was there a sequel to that? Because uh, they did really well and boobs. And they did shorts. well. Yeah. yeah. Jesus the first Christ. one did really well. The second one was lukewarm. Yeah, but... kind of average. Mm-hmm. wasn't a horrible thing, but it didn't warrant a third sequel. I guess they projected that it was just going to continue to go down. And plus, at that time, like it came out at a very odd time because Laura Croft Tomb Raider was already such completely... an old game. Yeah, yeah, even when that movie came out, it had been like years, years since people yeah. were playing those games. They should have combined it with the release of a new game at the yeah, very least. Yeah, think that they would. But. Yes, yeah, but see, then you get that whole controversy of movie license games, and I don't know. You don't play video games, You don't have to necessarily have it 
as yeah. the same movie. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's true. But Star Trek Into Darkness, when that film was came was was coming out, they did this whole cross promotion where there was a Star Trek video game that was coming out. Oh, and the, the developer point one. No, no, no. It was a, it was a third person shooter, and the developers of the game were very adamant that no, this is not a movie licensed game. This is our own project. It's independent. But it, I don't know what happened because it looked promising, but it came out and it was like utter dog shit it was yeah. utter dog shit so i think it's just that combination of there's a movie licensed game coming out similarly at, a, at this kind of similar time as a game and it just it makes it shit i think that the difference would be is it a movie that's based on a video game and is the video because like all of those like when i think like i get fucking nightmares about every one of those fucking harry potter games um <laughs> Dude, that fucking, the fourth one, I just, I had so much trouble with. Goblet yeah. of Fire, the Triwizard <laughs> Tournament, just gave me so much I, trouble. Yeah, I love the fact that I've, I, the only Harry Potter game which I've seen played is a third-person shooter. Mm-hmm. It's a third-person shooter. What? Yeah. The Death oh, was the one for games. the, the, yeah. When the, the Xbox 360? Right. It was a third-person shooter. Yeah, that came out with a Kinect. So that was... Um, no, it didn't. It was, it was, what, oh, was it a Kinect game? Yeah, yeah they had was, a wand and stuff for it. Yeah. Oh, my God. I don't want to live in this world anymore, guys. That's the opposite of what should he's, be true. See, it should have been got, really good. He's got like, testicle. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. He can't ejaculate anymore. And I mean, if I Harry were Potter's on Connect, he just can't <laughs> live with himself. Actually, what almost did make me want to kill myself was the Star Wars Connect game because that was the thing that. Uh, yeah. yeah. Have you funny. seen clips? of But this? that's another thing where like it should have been really good. Like you're, you could have had like a full blown lightsaber game, but. George Lucas was like, "No, I cannot release anything that's entertaining at all." No, so it's this is my brand we're talking about. I have to keep dan- consistent. It's a, it's a dance game. It's a dance game with Star Wars characters, and since it's Star Wars, it's canon. It's all canon. So, thanks, George yeah. Lucas. Ghostbusters. 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 Ghostbusters yeah. is a film that's coming out. Allegedly, exciting news. Allegedly, mm-hmm. it has Channing Tatum, Ryan Gosling, and who else attached to it? Um, Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Also, I really Peter Dinklage. Hope I Ryan heard. Gosling isn't attached to it. Yeah. If he is, I hope he's one of the monsters that kills him. He he's gonna be. Him. He's playing the voice of Slimer. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, that'd be interesting. Okay. Actually, he's, he's gonna be Peter, the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Peter Dinklage is allegedly in it as well really yeah which is, that is interesting it mm-hmm. is very interesting and the only role i could possibly imagine him in is being um epa dickless or slimer is it a remake or is it a continuation it's a remake it's a remake yeah is it? it is. well now it's, there's two there's two stories that conflict are? then because the all-female one is supposed to be not a continuation and not a direct sequel, but it's going to be set in the same universe and more or less a sequel because it's going to be following the events of the first. Okay. Um, just the, not directly afterwards. The most recent iteration of the Ghostbusters thing that I've heard of is the one with uh, Ryan Gosling and Peter Dinklage and Channing Tatum, I think I just said. Yeah. Uh, and it's actually going to be a straight-up horror film and not a comedy. Mm-hmm. So that'll be interesting. With Bill Murray, and you can't. Not it's, make and it I don't. Th- I don't think. I don't think Bill Murray is attached. Bill Murray does not want to do it, and this is one of the things that not. got leaked. Um, they uh, apparently he's legally obliged. He's. I guess he signed on for the movie maybe years Probably and years ago. Probably when he did the first one. He yeah. Said if they ever make a sequel, because it's he's definitely under contract. Because what they said is they. He doesn't want to do it, and if he doesn't actually do it, they say that they're going to pursue aggressive litigation counsel to evaluate the situation. Um, But they want to keep it 
The quote is, in order to more fully evaluate our position, if Bill Murray again declines to engage on Ghostbusters, AG requested that we identify aggressive litigation counsel with whom we can consult to evaluate our alternatives and strategize. Um, but they don't want to make it public. Uh, too bad now. But because uh, they said if, you know, it gets out that they're attacking this beloved fucking... <laughs> Figure that was the icon you know, of the first Ghostbusters movie. Right, right. Um, they're gonna look pretty bad. They're gonna get a lot of bad press uh, in regards to that. But now it's all out there, so who knows? I guess we'll find out. Yeah. I just hope they don't mess it up. Keep in mind, like, there's been talks about like a third Ghostbusters film since the second one came out. Yeah. What's that? Twenty, thirty years ago at this mm-hmm. point. Like, Dan Aykroyd's been heavily, heavily lobbying to get it made. He's like the reason that that Ghostbusters video game um, ended up happening. And from what I heard, it was really good. Which, which, which Ghostbusters video game? The, the one that was like a full retail release or the one that was like Xbox Live Arcade release? The full retail release. Okay. Um, that wasn't going to happen for a long time. And then it's, he pushed that it, that it would. Um, but yeah, and then the other report being that the film may star Jennifer Lawrence, Emma Stone, and Melissa McCarthy. Um, and that would be the all-female version. I think our silence gives you enough <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on that. I just, I just feel... I, no I just, offense, ladies. I, I mean, they're all, they're all fine actors. I mean, I just I feel incredibly indifferent towards a third Ghostbusters film. Because as much as I love yeah, the first I mean, Ghostbusters... I honestly like, could care less if it I, happened yeah, or not. Like, I don't... I didn't like the second one all that much. And I mean, I liked the second one. I don't think it needs... needs especially third. this much... Later? Yeah. Yeah, um... If it, I mean, if they make it, I'll go see it. Yeah, sure. But I just... Like, I'm just so ambivalent. I'm like, yeah. if it happens, it happens. I'm not going to be pissed if they make it, and I'm not going to be pissed if they don't. Um, and I really don't even have any uh, idea whether or not it's going to be good or bad. I'm not like, oh, they could never do this because it's going to ruin the legacy. Or if they do, it'll be complete shit. I'm just like, yeah, it'll be a thing. <sighs> Happens. It'll be a movie. It'll be a movie that comes out in February, and we're gonna forget yeah, that, it's, that it exists. That's what they did with. Um, Honestly, like I'm seeing trailers now for films that come out in January, and I'm just like wondering, like, oh yeah, it's, why bother? No, January. It's fuck you. It's January. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's the, the same with. I, I just don't understand why filmmakers release films in, which like as well near February near Valentine's Day because mm-hmm. um. Did you see the A Team when it came out? The remake with no, <laughs> I, I saw that. Sadly, I saw that film. Oh okay. God! I, my I thoughts on it were, it wasn't horrible. Sure. It probably deserved more than it got, uh-huh. and but they released it on Valentine's Day weekend, uh-huh. and so no one was going to go see it. See, I because it's all couples going to the movies, so everyone's right. going to go see the stupid romantic comedy that they've got going on yeah like but 20 they do people that. are trying to find each other in i mean they New do York. it strategically they probably knew that it was because they track these movies so far in advance like they have a pretty good estimate of what it's going to make yeah even like really before they even shoot it um which can we just so bring it was up? probably tracking poorly and they're like okay put it out in february because we don't want it if you put it out in a summer release then you're gonna have to reshuffle your schedule yeah. for all of your like big summer and releases compete with the yeah. other summer releases right. which can we just bring up the point that the phantom menace was released in february and no one questioned this 
I think that might have been like a Star Wars thing, though, if I recall, because I don't. That was like before the idea of like a summer blockbuster. Uh, the original oh, Star Wars. It no, no, been no, no, no. Was, when was Final Fantasy? Like two thousand and two. No, uh, it was earlier than 99. that. Nine, 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 nine yeah. yeah. It was February. Attack of the Clones will have been like. It was. Yeah. I, I think I want to say Phantom Menace came out February sixteenth, ninety nine. Was it? I th- I think. Well, that was way too early for a summer blockbuster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No but I mean, no one's thinking about summer I mean, blockbusters right. in nine nine nine. But I mean, the original Star Wars films, like the original trilogy, like the first film was released in what? June was it? Okay, yeah, June twenty seven. Like they were always blockbuster. Yeah, they were always blockbuster films. Mm-hmm. So when the new one was coming out in February, like people were like, ah, like they did kind of. I'm surprised about that. Like, as they knew, and it did make fucking money. I mean, it's not like that was an unsuccessful film. Um, I guess they had their reasons, but I mean, all like all three of the prequels did pretty well in terms of numbers but i think uh, it was more just because people wanted to see the. it's like when you see a car crash and yeah you want to look away but you just can't Mm. and i think that's what the prequel movies were yeah well just one giant car crash that you had to watch but they had people like uh geez we were just watching the people versus george lucas not too long yeah yeah. um and it did it interviewed people where they were like the people that stood in line um they were for very. Days. They were very like, I, they, and I, I think one person asked them like, "Well, what if it sucks?" And they're like, "Uh, it, it's 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 not. It can't. It There's no way." And then when it happened, and it did, and everybody realized it, they were like. Well, we have to go see it again because there's got to be something that we're missing. Yeah, like it's like, it, it's not that it sucks. It'll be maybe better on the second time around. Yeah, yeah, maybe. And then that second time around, it and then the still third sucks. Time like when around. you lose your virginity, and yeah, it sucks. Basically. And then you're like, we'll do it again. We'll try again. And then you know, I wouldn't know. I've never lost my virginity. Really, no, I lost mine to Cameron. I did. Figure. Michael, you weren't supposed to tell anyone. Oh, about sorry about that. <laughs> He was very gentle. Everyone at the um, hospital already, you know, was so embarrassed <laughs> when you went in with your testicle. Jeez. <laughs> but, um... Oh, God, what was I just thinking? You made me lost my train of thought. But they were they were talking in that documentary, like, um... When the original films came out, like, there was this big... Like, it was very interactive. Like, the audience... When things happened in that film, like, it was so explosive. Like, it felt good. What? And I remember, even when I was growing up, watching The Empire Strikes Back, like... This goes back to even, like, last year. I was watching The Empire Strikes Back, and when they're trying to escape Echo Base, and they had that big announcement, like, the first transport is away. I was like, fuck yeah! Like, I stood up, and I started cheering, and then I realized, God, I'm a nerd. But they were they're talking about... <laughs> that was when... Last year was when he realized... Yeah, it was looking last around year. his room right now, all the collectibles that he has in his room. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's had, blind he to that, had actually. He yeah, but uh, years and last year is the only year he yeah, realized last, God I'm a nerd. Yeah, last year was this very big revelation to me where it's I not even regular nerd stuff either. It's not like he's got comic book thing. He's literally Power Rangers. Power literally Rangers. hundreds, hundreds and hundreds, perhaps thousands of dollars worth of Power Rangers paraphernalia in his dorm. Talk to you, paraphernalia, which actually I don't have a problem with. Yeah. Well, those, I mean, it's just the two Sonic screwdrivers, right? Yeah. Uh, the Power yeah. Rangers stuff. Like, that fucking thing alone. The Power Rangers belt. I'm, I'm pointing to something on the wall on a podcast so you can't see it. <laughs> but <laughs> trust me when I say. Yeah, this, this is where our viewership would come in handy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is that? It's a Power Rangers morpher? Oh, yeah, I got the Power Morpher. I got it looks like a belt buckle. You people it. know what it is if you saw it. It, it. It's the thing that looks like a belt buckle when they're like, it's morphin' time. I, got, I, have, I actually have two... <laughs> 
I have two action figures sitting in the drawer that came out this past year, actually, that are now valued at, I believe, $250 a piece. And how much did you pay for them? $20 a piece. How much did you pay for that? The the shiny one. $60? I don't believe that. You stuttered. You wouldn't... Okay, if I, I had, I, like, a major collectible <laughs> on my thing, I wouldn't have to be like, um, uh, let's I've, see. Um, I paid... I oh, paid, how much... That one? That one sitting there? I, I oh, boy. Uh, how much was that? Okay, uh, I, I paid... Yeah! maybe $60 no I'd be like yeah it was $250 because that's what it was a I paid $60 for the first release I paid another $20 for the extra stickers I paid another $35 for the additional power coin and I paid another $60 for the one that I still have in the box there so about 200 so yeah all totaled about $200 (laughs) but it's okay though because I mean it's something I'm gonna remember for hundreds of years I think I think we made a point (laughs) Yeah. Um, anyways, what we're saying. That's why your balls are falling off of their own accord. They're like, well, we're completely useless. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're not needed here. Bye bye. (laughs) This is what he made that last pitch. I'm trying to remember, what was the last thing I bought? I think it was that set at Comic-Con that just had the Ranger keys. It was the last Power Rangers thing I bought before this. <laughs> uh, anyways, oh, good lord. Um, they were, but people were sitting in the theater watching The Phantom Menace, and they were saying, like, you know, the title screen came on, and everyone was cheering, and then the Star Wars, like, the scroll started going off, and everyone was, yeah, and they were awesome, and then the movie actually started, and then it was dead silent. Like, it was, like, a silent screaming, like screening like no one no one laughed no one clapped no one gasped like it was dead silent so there was just that overwhelming sense of being underwhelmed in the theater which god it's i can't imagine i i I really hope that this it's it's actually really funny because um when Guardians of the Galaxy was coming out, like, many people were saying, like, oh, it's, you know, the Star Wars of this generation. And I mentioned it to my girlfriend, and, uh, you know, I said, like, yeah, many people are calling it, like, the Star Wars of this generation. And she made the comment, well, well, what does that mean? And I told her, you know, it's it's one of those films that, you know, inspires people, it brings people together, like, for all ages. I mean, it's, it's something that just encompasses absolute joy and wonder within people, and that's why people love it, and that's why people remember it for years to come. And then she said, well, you know, I'd argue that 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 um this generation already had a star wars like that of the generation and my thoughts immediately went to well i mean yeah harry potter was good and it was <laughs> but it, it wasn't the same thing because you know it wasn't this whole epic tale well i mean it was an epic tale it was harry potter but it, it was it was different you know there's a different feel between star wars and harry potter and she was like actually no i was talking about the legitimate three star wars films that came out in this generation and i was thinking that's when michael oh yeah right. <laughs> right. i was like Oh, shit. Like, I legitimately forgot for a couple minutes there that those films existed. Well, the operative term in that sentence was legitimate. And no, <laughs> no, three legitimate Star Wars films have not come out in this generation. I think the most legitimate Star Wars-based thing that's come out is the animated series that they did, the Clone Wars thing, yeah. which I've caught a couple of episodes of. I've... I haven't watched it religiously, but... That's probably better. Than By which films. I'm assuming you're referring to the six minisode. Uh, uh, God, was it Klasky Chupo? No, it wasn't. But the, the yeah, the one done by the guy who animated one. Samurai Jack. Yeah, yeah. That, that one was, was the, that one was really good. Yeah. That was really yeah. good. Uh, there was the this... computer animated one. I've 
seen I've, a couple of episodes somewhere. I'm like, okay. They made like a gay job of the hut that sounded like Truman Capote. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I tried. I'm a really big Star Wars fan. And I really, there are aspects of the Clone Wars that I really like. There are novels that I really enjoy about it. Star Wars Battlefront is something I play religiously, actually. I'm so excited. I kicked your ass today. I, I actually um, beat him a few times earlier on Star Wars Battlefront. Just as a anyways, uh, anyways, um, the Clone Wars is something I was I was excited for because you know it's it's really interesting. There are many things you can do with it, and I tried. I, I, I really really tried watching the Clone Wars, and it honestly encompassed everything. Every every aspect that I hated about the prequel trilogy is what was focused on in the Clone Wars. There were a couple episodes that were interesting, and it made me think, "Wow, they they really like they have this direction here. It's like really like it's this episode was totally consistent. It has great themes and ideas, and it really brings forth like questions that people want to know." And then it would immediately go back to this whole love story that's poorly written and everything. It was it was the biggest disappointment, and I think there are either 200 or 300 episodes i would say that i've watched at least 175 of them and out of that 175 i'd like maybe four offhand it i was not a fan I'm of the glad series i gave it a miss yeah there there, there are certain episodes I've, if you want i can point them out to you there, there are certain episodes where i watch them like that's really good that's really interesting i'd like to see where they take it from here and then they take it from there and they just falls to shit again <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i'm just hoping with the new um with the new Justice League movie coming out as well, that I just remember when I was a kid, I would watch um, the animated Justice League TV show, and that was one of my favorite things on TV, and that was so right. well done. Yeah, and I'm just hoping they don't ruin that with a new Justice League movie. Yeah, well, this whole thing. well, I mean, it's it's being directed by Zack Snyder, a director that the has greatest such, a, the greatest director has, of our has, generation, has such a grasp of just character development and overarching story plots. Like he really knows how to tie a film together, wouldn't you say, Pino? Totes. <laughs> no, I would. I, I would say that it is being grandfathered by uh, somebody. <clears throat> actually, Fuck I don't. <laughs> actually, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think the he's Justice not League, doing the. He's not, League one. No, I, I don't think, think he's involved in any way, shape, or form. Okay. Who's doing the Teen Titans? That, that's news. Teen Titans. Yeah, we Titan were going to bring that up. The Teen Titans TV show. Um, not Teen Titans Go. It's just called Titans. Yeah. Uh. They're not teams. The only thing that's been confirmed so far is that it is not going to exist in the same universe as all of the other 5,000 DC TV shows on right now. <laughs> they also <laughs> confirmed that it is going to be Nightwing in the series. And there is going to be Nightwing, which is interesting. Um, which is interesting because that doesn't really make sense. It, it kind of does. Nightwing actually debuted in uh, Teen Titans. Um, that character... Uh, well, Dick Grayson's Nightwing. Yeah. Night, Nightwing and... Uh, God, what was it? For those of you who can't read, be- read between the lines here, Pino's basically telling Cameron, fuck off, you're wrong. <laughs> A little bit, no. Um, <laughs> no, in uh, Teen Titans' Judas Contract um, was the debut of the character Nightwing. He started off as Robin in the Teen Titans, and then Which he was Which is what, like, I, I mean, I was making yeah, the point yeah, that yeah. really you should start as Robin and see... Go right, right, and right, make the progression. Character, but... Correct uh-huh. me if I'm wrong, in the original Teen Titans TV series that we got, that was actually an episode in the series where uh, Starfire was actually in that hole. It was an alternate universe, and that's where she met uh, Nightwing. Really? Yeah. I don't I don't recall. I don't remember. I remember I, watching I, the show, but... I, I remember that episode. There were a lot of really... That could be an gems. exciting TV show, though, especially if they do it right. It, um, it could. I it mean, could. Arrow's on C- the CW right now, if they didn't have, you know, 
they're doing pretty well. I really enjoyed that show. They just had their mid-season finale. Mm-hmm. Everyone, if you need to catch up with that. If I pretty much every DC show just had their mid-season yeah, finale. Arrow yeah, had their mid-season the finale. Constantine had their mid-season finale. Which, if you haven't watched, watch Constantine. Uh, and The Flash had their mid-season finale. Which you should also watch. The Flash. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, this whole um, Teen Titans thing, it's interesting because they say that they're not going to be connected to their superhero counterparts, which doesn't make any goddamn sense. Actually, depending on who they use, they haven't announced any of the other ones. I mean, if they go with the TV lineup and use Raven and Beast Boy and Starfire, then uh, they won't need them because they aren't attached to anyone. Robin would be the only one, but Nightwing, you don't. I guess you don't. Don't need, need it. Yeah, he's not attached. I which, mean, you which, always need Batman, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which would be interesting because the one thing, like sometimes you just you know, mm-hmm. you don't need him as a hero. Yeah, you just he, well, he doesn't need to be in the TV show, but like I, I can't hot, imagine. Yeah. yeah, like just having Nightwing with no reference to Batman, to Batman at, at all. all. Yeah, I mean, because they went through the entire Teen Titans cartoon um with really if i'm not mistaken not a single even cameo of any of the heroes no there, there weren't cameos but they were, no, there, there, was were a lot always, of there was a lot of mentions which, yeah okay and that was that was what i really loved about the teen titans was it won't it, was kinda, it yeah. won't work without at least a mention although um from what i heard was also a major thing that happened in uh the flash recently yeah. in the episode uh, Flash versus Arrow that just came out recently. There was a mention to Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, that's huge. Yeah, that's so like they, uh, really what are we huge. About right now? The it, Flash versus Arrow. Which episode? The Arrow based one or the Flash based one? The Flash based one. The, the, the episode one. that was legitimately called Flash versus Flash Arrow. Is, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There was a mention to Batman because they were talking about the Starling City vigilante. Yeah. And oh god, I forgot what the exact quote was, but they're saying like he exacts his own twisted sense of vengeance type justice like batman and i it made me pause like okay so we're establishing that batman exists in this universe and that that's that's and that literally that's legitimately huge because they've been so so consistent about distancing themselves from like batman and superman and everything the way except in you know in terms of using how long before is arrow set when batman returns to gotham when he come, you know, at, right, that's right, what, right, the, yeah. I think that's what they're unclear is as to whether, it's, yeah, you know. And, and the the whole thing that befuddles me is they basically made a Batman TV show using Without Green I know. Arrow. Arrow, oh, in Arrow, Arrow yeah. is yeah. literally just Batman. Yeah, so <laughs> I mean, I love that show. Though. I've got it. It's really funny. Like no one's questioning the fact that, like, hey, this case is carbon copy exactly the same of what's happening in Gotham City. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, but well, whatever. But um, it does strike me as interesting that they do use so many villains because now you've got Ra's al Ghul in the show. Um, they've given Harley Quinn a very, very brief can. Uh, can- I was going to say cannibal <laughs> cameo. Cameo, yeah. yeah. Actual cannibal. Shadow yeah, the sui- they've given uh, the Suicide Squad. They had an yeah. episode. Yeah, I um, Captain Boomerang, mm-hmm. who no one cares about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who is getting a lot of press these days because apparently he's going to be in the fucking Suicide Squad movie too. You know, I actually, so this past week, I, well, past two weeks, during my recovery time, I, in the hours that I was conscious and not on oxycodone, uh, I started watching Arrow. And um, I, I have mixed feelings about the show, mainly because the show's on the CW, I'd say, which is where most of my gripes lie with the creative decisions. Uh, 
I appreciate the show. Like, they had this episode that was based solely around the Suicide Squad, and it made me really happy, and it was really interesting. But seeing these characters exist in this sense, like, Manu Bennett, the actor who plays Deathstroke, Slade Wilson... He's phenomenal. He's, he's fantastic. fantastic. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. if they if they were to cast um, Deathstroke in an upcoming Warner Brothers film, one of the multiple Warner Brothers DC films coming out, I legitimately don't know that they could cast anyone better than Manu Bennett. Um, but again, like all these characters that they're bringing in, like even Captain Boomerang, like I watched the Captain Boomerang episode thinking, wow, that guy was pretty fucking cool. Like it's Captain Boomerang. Like they're making the, like they're making us give a shit about characters that we would otherwise not give a shit about. So, I mean, Tyler, name a single arrow villain. Arsenal. Well, I mean, he's kind of the sidekick, but... Yeah. Oh, in the I'll, comics, I'll, I'll, he's a Green yeah. Arrow villain. Oh, okay. Because in the comics, he's speedy, and then he's Arsenal when he's evil. Is he? He's, yeah. he's been given thought, the name Arsenal as the sidekick. Because fucking speedy is so lame. I'm only, <laughs> they almost have to. You can't call him speedy. That's terrible. <laughs> I'm only familiar with um, Arsenal in the uh, the New 52 iteration of Red Hood and the Outlaws. So. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, but, but so to my knowledge, Arsenal in the New 52 was... The protege of Oliver Queen, and then mm-hmm. there was a falling yeah, he's out. It's yeah. the same thing. Is he? More or less. Yeah. I'm more interested. I know in nothing the, um, about Green Arrow. Honestly, I, no. I mean, I'm just interested in the way they write the show, in that they're very novel in the way they bring in these villains, mm-hmm. and yeah. they don't have any problem taking villains from other parts of the DC universe and sure. attaching them to the show. And I really mm-hmm. enjoy that about the show. I think it's really interesting it's, it's, it gives you one of its biggest strengths honestly is that yeah they're willing to go and do that because it, it just exists in this odd limbo the entire dc television yeah. thing um where you can't mention superman you can't have batman you can't even fucking have batman on the batman television show <laughs> <laughs> i mean in fairness he's 10 years old yeah so. well I mean, still, it's like, there's always been, I guess since the fucking 60s, man, there is this fear of putting Batman on TV. I think just because in the 60s you had Batman as this comedic figure. Yeah, and but Robin it's like, would come be, on. You know, Holy guacamole, Batman! Yeah, but at this point, it's like, that is so far removed, and it's it's so long ago that people like it again. Um, really? I, well, I fucking love the 60s show. It's a great show. It's great, it's so like, funny. literally funny. Is it? But like, you have, what you have to realize is most of the people... When they think uh, it was really bad, they're thinking it was supposed to be serious, and it was just horribly written. Yeah. It was a comedy it show. A comedy show. It literally won Emmys for best comedy on television. Um, uh, uh, so yeah, it's it was never supposed to be serious. It was what? like a tongue in cheek look at comic books. What was Bob Kane's take on the series? That he loved it. Did he, he absolutely loved it. Jesus yeah, Christ. he was a huge proponent of it. Um, but at that point in the '60s, like really, you could credit that TV show for Batman still being around because there was a point in like the 50s where dc was going to cancel batman the sale the sales were so terrible um after the comics code uh really became Comic a huge authority. thing yeah well it was the comics code at that point mm. um because before that batman would straight up fucking murder somebody there are early batman comics where he just carried a fucking gun on his yeah. Fucking person. And then um, and then Marvel realized, wait, why are we going to these people? And then stopped, and that's yeah. marked the end of the comic book authority. <laughs> so right. Um then right. Uh there was a time when it 
Batman was like all space adventures. They made him sci-fi in the 50s, and people weren't reading it. Um, then the 60s TV show came along, and it wasn't even just a tongue-in-cheek look at Batman. It was a tongue-in-cheek look. It was a basically a parody of comic books. Um, and it was so incredibly fucking popular that it completely revived almost the medium. Like, not even just Batman, but comics in general made a major comeback. Um, that being said, Batman all throughout the 60s, even in the comic books, was a comedic figure. And that would last even until the early 70s. Um, Denny O'Neill and uh, a couple of other writers kind of turned that around in the 70s before Frank Miller came in the 80s and really, really made it hardcore fucking dark again. Yeah. But, but, uh, but then, you know, we, we get into the early, late 90s where he becomes a comedic figure again. Yeah, well, it's... It, kind of it, like retrograde. Well, it's kind of it's kind of like Bond when you think about it. Like, at first, he was, you know, a regular um, just action hero type figure. Then, you know, in the Roger Moore era, it becomes just like a parody of itself. Yeah, then they yeah. want to make it darker, and you had Timothy Dalton. For one movie, it was okay, and then the second movie, it was so dark that it was almost funny. Yeah. Um, then they just kind of redid it, and then it was Pierce Brosnan, and he and was the Bond And then it basically the charming, yeah. funny. <laughs> right. And, and then, then you that die another collapsed. Day, which yeah, was that became a parody Austin of itself. Power, yeah. yeah. And then it, that got so bad that the franchise collapsed, and they had to completely reboot it for the first time in history. Which, thank God for that. Like, honestly. I mean, it brought it back, I think. Yeah, oh, I think it did. I'm glad they it. had that, because... I'm, yeah. I'm glad that Skyfall came, though, and kind of reset it to make it Bond again. Because I think Casino Royale was a fucking brilliant film. One of it the was. best Bond films. One of I, the best films, action films, just yeah. ever. But um, It alienated people. It did. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't the Bond, Bond that we came film. to know. Yeah. yeah. And Skyfall, I mean, it starts... Like, I don't really fault them for... Um, God, Quantum of Solace. Yeah. Because the writer's Rider strike, strike yeah, kind of strike fucked that over. Um, but then Skyfall kind of... Yeah, it, it started out very grounded... And then kind of progressed, and then at the end, it came full circle, and, like, this was fucking James Bond again. Yeah. Um, I, I really did enjoy Skyfall, but I I would go as far to say, and I, I get a lot of hate for this anyways, but I would say that Casino Royale is probably my favorite Bond film. Ever? Ever, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm going to completely disagree with that. <laughs> for, for you, <laughs> Mr. Faithful, because um, your whole perspective is it wasn't a James Bond film because it wasn't James Bond, correct? Well, also he's point? English, I mean, yeah. so his opinion carries more weight. Yeah, but let me put yeah. it. Let me put then it this way. One bald Hawaiian. <laughs> <laughs> let me put it this way. Well, let me put it this way. Have you read Ian Fleming's Casino Royale? Uh, yeah, I have. Talking, we're talking about um, the films, though. Yeah, we are, but we're talking about like the adaptation of James Bond. The adaptation of James. I haven't read. The, you you the haven't. Casino that Royale. being said, though. The reason that one was never adapted to film is because even it was, in the it books, just wasn't an Eon it was version. a Woody Allen fucking film. <laughs> it was awful. Yeah. Have you seen that? Woody Allen was in Casino the, Royale. Uh, I think it was 1967 yeah. of Casino Royale. That mm-hmm. is worth a watch just to then, you can never complain about a James Bond movie ever again. Yeah, it, well, it was literally, it was Austin Powers before Austin Powers. It was a parody of fucking James Bond. Um, but... The reason, like, it was never adapted into film is because even in the books, it already kind of became what you got with Sean Connery mm. um, in the classic James Bond. Like, the first one was very grounded, but then they became a little bit more fantasy. Because yeah. I mean, Casino even, Royale was basically just him I making like, a fictionalized account like, of... What I do like about the new, the new uh, films, uh, what they're doing with Daniel Craig, and I did like this about Casino Royale a lot, mm-hmm. is that 
the problem for me, everyone loves Sean Connery as James Bond. I like him. He's not my favorite Bond. Um, Ian Fleming hated him. I did, yeah. I thought he was okay as Bond. Mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, he's not my favorite. He's, you know, I like, I, I, I like yeah, Timothy Dalton. I liked Pierce Brosnan a lot. I think mm-hmm. Pierce Brosnan's probably up there fine for top spot. But really? I I just think as a Bond, I think he had that kind of charm that you don't mm-hmm. get. And I grew up with Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan okay. was yeah. my era of well, Bond, so that's right. probably why. But okay. I think the issue is that with Sean Connery, Bond was always untouchable. Nothing mm-hmm. would ever happen to him. Yeah. He would never get shot. He would never get injured. Right. He would, like, he might have some sort of a knife, maybe, a knife wound where he'd get a scratch on his arm, but he would yeah. never, even in the Roger Moore era, like, even those early eras of Bond, he would never be seriously injured. And in, in the Daniel Craig, when they've brought it back and had to reboot the series, with you know, even with Casino Royale, which wasn't really a Bond film, but it was still a great film, yeah. he was getting hurt. Yes. And I think it was refreshing to see that he's mm-hmm. not some sort of superhero. Yeah. yeah. He's just a spy. Right. And he right, can right. get hurt. Which yeah. I've I've seen like people people have put forth the argument to me that um the reason why they did not like James the new James Bond films is because that James Bond he's too much of a action hero and he's not James Bond. I'm like, well what do you mean? It's like, well James Bond's supposed to like save the day without any real effort and then immediately that removes all tension from filmmaking yeah. as a whole. And mm-hmm. it it, it, it it makes no sense to me. Like it befuddles me that concept where removing tension is what makes a film better. And I think what was good about the old James Bond films is the plots were so intricate and so interesting that they. That's kept, what the strength was. That's what the strength of the older mm-hmm. films was. And now, now no one has the patience for a two-hour film. Yeah. So you can't stretch the plot out like that. Everyone wants the action and the. Right. You know, that's what people go to see in the cinema. Mm-hmm. And you know the old films, you have some great, great plots that, you know, you don't really get anymore yeah. in anything, really. Right. Um, and so the new films, they're adapting to that by making it more action-packed and maybe the plot is a little less thick. And But you've got a Bond that is human as opposed yeah. to this this almost non-human Bond who didn't really have to do any... You know, he couldn't do anything wrong. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I do like that. Establish the legitimacy is Bond as an action hero because one of my favorite and I'm pretty sure this is a fairly universal theory uh, one of the best action heroes that we've ever seen on cinema is Indiana Jones and he was a character that would get the constantly the piss beat out of him but it was that endearing factor like he always did stand and fight and he like got back mm-hmm. up and he tried and that's what made his character just so lovable and endearing and the, yeah you know there was something about that though like and it's probably just the 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 tone of the film and the pace of it i never felt like when indiana jones was getting beat up i mean yeah it, it would happen i you never, never felt like his life was in danger yeah i never felt yeah. like i did with daniel craig in fucking casino royale where you're like oh god this guy's gonna f- he could die yeah. he could <laughs> fucking die right like, now he could kill like this yeah. is the end of james bond right like and the stakes were so fucking high yeah. throughout that movie but and there were points in casino royale too where i was saying not only is james bond gonna die but i think daniel craig might get might actually we might, <laughs> might actually see actually daniel be, craig die yeah. on film but I assume that's exactly what happened to you with the testicular torsion. Come to think of it, <laughs> was, was actually they were actually was, refilming. It was yeah. actually yeah. It was I was and, actually uh, uh, in that scene, that particular scene where he says harder, harder. Yeah, to the right, to the right. Michael, they actually did um, one too many takes on that, and right. we found out right. the story of what happened with Michael <laughs> there. <laughs> 
It's exactly what happened. I am James Bond. I know he he will be returning for uh, (laughs) Quantum of Solace when the Casino Royale's finished and edited, so we look forward to releasing that on YouTube. (laughs) I actually can't do Uh, any of my own stunts at this point, so it's just all Weta Workshop CGI. Yeah, we'll just, you know. We'll just, we'll Peter Jackson it. It'll just all be CGI. Mm -hmm. God. It's... It's sad, yeah, from what yeah. I've heard, the Hobbit, the new Hobbit film, Battle of the Five Armies, is um, pretty much just p- jumping from battle to battle, no character development, no real plot. Uh-huh. Well, I was, I was saying earlier, it's basically the third act of a film stretched into one whole film. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I mean, we, we were, me and Michael were arguing earlier how long, how, re- how long a book is left to do in a, in a two-hour film, and I, I was saying it was about... 60 pages he said it was about 30 i think it's probably somewhere in between yeah but even you know even 40 something pages or however however many pages are left in the book it's not enough to fill in a two and a half hour film yeah Yeah. right and even if you look at the lord of the rings book like each book is so thick and it's so dense and that's why the films i feel like they work because it's not like they had to draw it out even 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 the extended editions you still got stuff that was in the books they just didn't have time to put in yeah 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 yeah, there there were still legitimate things in there in the Mm -hmm. hobbit he's just writing things in that he legolas literally making shit up mention in the book and he's got like a romance going on Mm -hmm. and and the romance between the dwarf and the elf is killing me he he created an entire character for this movie like uh fucking kate from lost is nowhere to be found in the books it's, what did you call her? Isn't it Evangeline, Evangeline Lilly? Lilly. Yeah. I thought you said Angelina Jolie and I'm like that. No. <laughs> uh, no, she's talentless and what, what was it? Uh, a limited talented brat. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but no, I I, I don't understand. Because I remember when originally when the film was supposed to come out and it was supposed to be... And I was in high school. I was thinking I was in my senior year of high school and I heard of this and it was, it was supposed to be two films... And while I haven't actually read The Hobbit, I know of The Hobbit, I know it's one book, and there are a lot of people that I know that really love the book and hold it close to them, and they're like, two films, okay, I can see that, part one, part two. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Like, you can have that third act of the film. Like, did you ever see the Rankin base, like, the animated one? Yeah. That feels a little overstuffed, a little bit too long, like, the first Hobbit. I'm like, you could plausibly break it into two films, but yeah. yeah. But and that and then, was when they said the two films for the Hobbit. It was like okay, yeah, yeah and absolutely. I was on board, especially then, when fucking Del Toro was gonna do it. Oh and yeah, I was like oh my god, and um, yes, yeah, and then <laughs> and then <laughs> and, and then they announced that they're gonna split it into three movies, and I was just like, how? <laughs> like, I mean, I've uh, read the book in a night before. Like, it's I've yeah. I've had the book and read it in about. I, I mean, I'm quite a fast reader. Just bragging here, guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, and he's but, he's um, very quick, especially when he's uh, on his back. I mean, at least I can use my uh, <laughs> <laughs> what your reading skills. <laughs> my reading skills. Um, no, I I've read The Hobbit in a night. You know, in five, four or five hours, I've read the whole book. And The Lord of the Rings takes you know weeks to finish, and mm-hmm. to have that kind of I don't know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Difference in time and have the same amount of movies, it just doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. And you know what else is, like, Peter Jackson, I feel like he's kind of forsook the art of fucking in-camera effects at this point. And it's it's so much more CGI than there was um, in the yeah, Lord of the Rings Yeah, in the films. original Lord of the Rings films, they yeah. had, you know, they had so many... They spent their budget for the costumes... Um, Years was, in advance. Was, Years um, in advance. Something yeah. huge. Uh-huh. They had, you know, they were preparing costumes for the film before they were even writing the script. Right, right. And They're... they had hundreds, if not thousands, of 
you know, extras. Mm-hmm. They had thousands of extras on set, you know, for some of the big battles. Yeah. A lot of, you know, a lot of the people there were extras. And I think it really right. added that sense of, mm-hmm. that sense to it that you really thought something big was about to happen. Because it felt very real. Because, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think just the CGI aspect of it, I just don't think with the CGI, there's just not that same. No, yeah, there's not. It loses the It doesn't look nearly as real. It's like weird because it's this point where like he's had an extra fucking decade now yeah. to it, improve it and, honestly, and somehow it looks these worse. movies look worse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I, with the exception of fucking Gollum looked great. Gollum looked yeah, great. Sm- I, uh, how yeah. Smog did an Academy Award yet. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, he... Maybe he'll win one for Star Wars. You never know. <laughs> um, no, I mean, he's got two played, chances. Um, yeah, Andy Serkis. Yeah. He's yeah, in Star Andy Wars. Circus. Yeah, he's in Star Wars? Yeah, yeah so he's seven. playing two characters in Star Wars. He's playing two... Oh, well, I yeah. hope he... I he's hope he he's the Wars. voiceover in the trailer is Andy Serkis. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. yeah. Um, God, what were you saying? Yeah, but even, like, there were ridiculous things that I, I read about the Lord of the Rings films, but when they built the sets, like, they built the sets planted vines left it for years so that the vines could grow in a natural way mm-hmm. and it's just that attention to detail that it's it's extraordinary and when and you put that much effort into something it always has an effect on you like you may not be able to guarantee that it's going to be a success or right but everything's going to be so much more vivid and real and you can you can really see uh, what the thing i loved about the lord of the rings was that whenever you had these huge battles or whenever you got this massive landscape shots they were always so full of detail yeah and, yeah and they it always had this life to it mm-hmm. and then you cgi for the hobbit film it just feels it artificial just, right yeah it, it does, does. Yeah. it has that feel to it where you just kind of you, you see it and you don't really care mm-hmm. even even like what stood out most to me in the, the hobbit films was the barrel sequence in the desolation of smog oh what yeah what the fuck was that because what there the are certain was that yeah. there's certain in the cuts. book there is no there is no in the book there isn't let's just start that in the book there is no fight right really, right the yeah the there's no point, legolas the point of the, <laughs> the whole point of the barrels is bilbo spends forever in the castle trying to trying to find a way out and it's desperation finally leads him to this thing and i think the biggest thing that they missed in that is that Bilbo wins the trust of the dwarves with the mm-hmm. barrels. Yeah. And, and See, he win they finally look at him as he got us out of a tight spot and this right. isn't the first time. Yeah. Like it's not like the first time, you know, it was with the spiders. Uh-huh. And he got us yeah. out of there and then we ran into the like it's not the first time that he's got us into a tight spot, but he really came through for us and then something changes in their relationship and they start, you know, giving him more mm-hmm. power. Oh, totally. And from like a narrative standpoint, I think it's fine. Like, yeah. Yeah. The, what I'm saying, though, is, like, there are cuts in that film where... Um, they use GoPros. Yeah, it's literally... Yeah, li- yeah. Did they fucking film those with GoPros? Is that a thing? Because, like, I literally said it when I saw the, the film. I'm like, I did, did they yeah, film I did this it. with a fucking I, GoPro? I was, I was, I was with... Why um, is that in this movie? How does, and it's so blatant because it's you're, you're contrasting it with, like, beautiful, sweeping yeah. cinematography. And then you're cutting to the dwarves in the barrel and you're like... What, what the fuck? Yeah, I, I was like, actually. I, was this shot on an iPhone? I, I like what? I was with I was with Natasha. <laughs> Someone's got arthritis. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was I was with Natasha and one of her friends while we were watching the film because we actually went to the midnight premiere, um, and we were watching that film, and I I I really wish I could go back in time and look at my face, because when I saw the shots with the GoPros. I looked over with this face of utter astonishment. Like, this is a multi-million dollar film and they're using a GoPro. I looked over to Natasha and her friend and they were both passed out, which I don't blame them, but that look on my face must have been so priceless. 
Yeah, and it's so blatant that that's what it was. Oh, no, I mean, the dragon looks great. Yeah. Other than that. They, yeah. They oh, did, yeah, totally. I mean, obviously, you know, they've got a CGI something. I just think they overdid it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, Benedict Cumberbatch as well. He was extremely... Yeah, he's very good. I, would, I, would, I was a little bit scared for <laughs> everyone when yeah. it... Uh, I, I would say... I didn't even know that it was going to be him going into it, and then when it was, I was like, what is this for? Um, oh, yeah. It's, it's him. Yeah. That would stand to reason. I see, and this this was that only thing. Like, um, but yeah, the only thing that I phenomenal. did like so far in the Hobbit films is Benedict's portrayal of S- Smog. Smoog. Smog. Smog. My favorite um, part about the Oscars last year is listening to her, the ladies' like creative interpretations of how to say <laughs> Smog, because yeah. it changed every time. It changed. It, like, did. it was Smog. Smog. The desolation yeah, of Smog. For the desolation of the Smog. <laughs> they turned into something Scott the desolation right. yeah. of Smeg. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Which is actually now that we bring that up is really funny. If you guys weren't aware of this, Benedict Cumberbatch can't say the way he can't say the word penguin. No, he cannot. <laughs> he, and he's yeah. in what? of Madagascar. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, the BBC had them do this documentary of uh, <laughs> like one of these South Pacific uh, yeah. islands, and there was a sec- there was a segment of the film where it was all about penguins. And if you listen to this, every time he says it, to, it gets you need worse to watch and video, worse. Because he just, <laughs> does YouTube Benedict Cumberbatch penguins, and it should come up. Yeah. And it is <laughs> one of the most priceless things <laughs> from one of the most talented actors that has uh-huh. come, come out in the last few years. <laughs> yeah, and it's absolutely priceless. Yeah, and it was on the Graham oh, Norton show great. that they showed, or was it? Yeah, um, yeah it was. It, it was, was the Graham and Norton then, show that they showed. And they were tugging, yeah. they're showing clips of him and saying, "He's like penguins," and then like every, <laughs> gotta, every time he said it's it, it's just like how you said, "God, what is the word that you can't say?" It's it's just like every time he said it, it got worse and worse. There's legitimately a word that he cannot. What is it? I make fun of you all the time, and it's not room, but it's... You know what it is. Fuck you, Tyler. You know exactly what it is. Just but say it. Anyways. Say it! Uh, say it! <laughs> it's... I will fire you from the podcast. <laughs> say it right now. The, okay, At least word, tell me what it was. The word that Tyler always makes fun of me is room? No, no. That's not what I'm talking about. But that's funny, what too. Because it it's room, it is and room, you say rum. Why you're saying rum. It's, it's like the be- you're going to the bathroom. You're going to the bedroom. No, no one says the bathroom. that. You're not it's going the bathroom. No. It's the it's, bathroom. It's it's like it's like when you say the word both, but you use it in a way where dramatically. you Dramatically. Say the word dramatically. What? Dramatically? No. There's one that you you say like Oh, you add like a T where there's no T. <laughs> I like, have no it idea. It was what like dramatically. About. Um, but it's not that, obviously, because you just said it. We're devoting a whole lot of time to this, <laughs> and you're not even, you know exactly this what I'm talking about, motherfucker. This is going to be wasted, Michael, if you don't come up with this. Nah, he'll edit it. I will not. <laughs> you have to listen to this. This is a full unedited version that goes out. Yeah, this, <laughs> this is the extended edition. <laughs> I, I we're taking a leaf out of Peter you know, Jackson's book. Every, every time we're on a podcast, we always, like, there's long pauses or things, and Tyler's always like, oh, I'll just edit that out. And every time I listen to the podcast when it comes out... I hear that sentence. Oh, I'll just edit this out. It's really. There funny. could be a drinking game based on that. There could actually be. don't do that. You will probably <laughs> die. <laughs> we should also have a drinking game one day of uh, how many times we have to tell Gian Gomez like talking to the microphone. Also talk it all. Yeah. But um. Oh God. Anyways, the Hobbit. So the Hobbit, the Desolation. No, the I Battle am going to go see it on Thursday. Yeah. So I mean, I'll, it's I'll out tonight in New York. I yes, actually, it is. I actually thought the film was called The Battle of Five Armies. It's not. It's called The Battle of the Five Armies. Okay. Which just sounds weird to me when I, I say mean, it. I mean, they didn't even need to change it from there and back again. It's they better didn't... than Dark of the Moon. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, I mean, you can have Phantom Menace, and it makes about as much sense as Dark of the Moon. I mean, yeah. I think it was supposed to be the Phantom Menace was supposed to be symbolism of you know the the dark side coming back. Yeah, well, they, it was, that, that it was, was Palpatine. I actually, you know, it was it, the just it's the, the, the the invisible threat. Just explain to me what the plot of that movie was, because I honestly don't know. I tried going back and watching that film like um, this past month. I tried. I legit. Basically, what happened was um, Padme Amidala was taken, and she's a family member of Liam Neeson. <laughs> 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 And so he had to go and get her back from these guys, and um, you know those bloody when, death. And when them. did they? Th- when did she throw grenades into an open crowd? <laughs> I don't. Have you seen Taken Two? Yeah, she throws grenades. Have you seen Taken Two? There's a point where oh. he's there's a point where he's talking to his daughter and he's telling her throw grenades into open crowds so I can know where you no, are. Ta- she says we're talking, but I mean, well, in his defense, that's a really really good way of like if I was lost in Times Square, that's one way of finding me. Like, <laughs> Well, it's one way like, It's like, yeah, I'm like, where are you? You're like, I'm by the big ramen cup. I'm like, there's 20 million people over there. Just throw a couple grenades. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I see. I see you. See, now, now this <laughs> movie, oh, there you are. Now this oh, movie makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's that last testicle. <laughs> now this We're not going to drop it, Michael. We, drop it. Well, we wouldn't be able to find it. It's too small and slippery. <laughs> See, I'm always gonna regret this now, aren't I? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you are. I, see, I'm, I'm, I'm. I gonna, mean, it wasn't bad enough that it happened, I, which is <laughs> fucking awful. But I'm gonna meet, I'm gonna meet one of your friends one day, and it's, it's gonna be the one person that listens. You're to gonna the be podcast. going on a job interview one day, and they're gonna, gonna Google listen. Michael Holler, and <laughs> it's gonna be you know one of the two thousand people that tuned in last week to. Uh... So now you have to get into movie making because it's the only industry where that won't matter. <laughs> <laughs> They'll actually accept you no matter what. I don't think yeah. it's tied into this. If you Google Michael Holler, I've done that before. Really? Yeah. Why? Because I'd like to see like if the um, SEO optimization is where it should be, and it never is. Mm. Should ask for a refund. Mm. Oh, I don't pay for it. I mm. do it myself, and that's why it doesn't work. Um... There is another topic. What else are we here to talk there about? Something else we're supposed to talk about. It's been lost in my mind. It's <laughs> usually how it goes. Yeah. Um, we usually get derailed. We usually start getting derailed by Gotham. Then there's a topic of the week. Then there's movie releases. Yeah. Then now there's my what health else, there's issues. Something, what else is coming out this week? There's another film that I wanted to go. Um, the new Hunger Games film is out, I think. It I is. could give less of a shit. I mean, I'll watch it at some point when I it's think, on Netflix. But what, from but what I've heard, it's I, not great. Yeah, you I, know what? What did surprise? What I thought about the first film we were talking about it earlier was timing of release. And mm-hmm. what I noticed about the first Hunger Games film is I don't think it would have done nearly as well as it did. But there was about a four-week space either side of it where there were no really films challenging. Yeah, at I all. do. I do remember that. It yeah. sort of had a nice little eight-week gap. Either mm-hmm. side of the release, where they, you know, they had a great build-up, where there were no other films that you really wanted to go and see, and then it had a good four or five weeks where there were no other films challenging it. Yeah. And I think that maybe the success of the first film was a bit overstated, and so right. I'm not really surprised that maybe the second one isn't up to scratch. That was a, that's a good point. Um, I remember I had to read The Hunger Games uh, as a high school book. I think it was in my freshman year of high school. We had to read the Hunger Games. This is for your freshman economics class. You know, it was for <laughs> <laughs> strange, but true. no. For that, we watched um, 
Wall Street. Uh, but uh, <laughs> well, that would make sense. It would, yeah. But um, but no, we uh, we read the Hunger Games, and the entire time I was reading it, I just wanted to kill myself. Uh, but I, I remember I watched the first film, and I I hated it. I mean, it's just a I remake of Battle it. Royale. It's it's a remake, yeah, but of, yeah, but not a, as but good. But like a shittier version, yeah. Um, take all the tension and interest and character from Battle Royale and just remove it and then shove in a teen romance I mean, triangle I, I, and you got Hunger Games. I liked less, it yeah. despite myself. I liked it, but I think it was just more the killing and I, the... What what killing? You didn't see any of the killing. I, well, Someone was about to get killed and then we panned away to like the grass. I actually saw the midnight showing of that movie with uh, a couple of friends of mine from um, school. We were like doing a play and we had just got out for the night and... Um, they're like, we gotta go see the Hunger Games because like three or four of them were really, really into the books, and I'm like, what the fuck is that? And like, that was the first time in my life where there really was this this cultural phenomenon that just completely went under my radar because I was too old. Yeah, no, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know about the Hunger Games. Yeah. The first time I heard about it was the trailers, and then everyone was like, you should read the books. They're so good. And I mean, mm-hmm. I read the I, books I read and the it was Harry, shit. I read the Harry Potter, but like Harry Potter was such a huge thing sure, in my yeah, life before even unavoidable. the films. I I read yeah. Harry Potter. I, I've read the Harry Potter books hundreds of times, but right. I mean, I. I read them as a child i read i think i read all, i don't know when the film started coming out in relation to the mm-hmm. books but i'm pretty sure i'd read most i don't know i saw like the I think first I read... two films in theater because i read all the books um yeah. as a kid too i saw the first two films in theaters and then kind of stopped after that i kept reading the books as they came out yeah but like i think my issue with the films was that they cast based on because i mean they were such young actors you can't really do anything with that i mean yeah, they cast few, them based on They're very the few look. child actors that are fantastic. And mm-hmm. what was nice was, you know, Rupert Grint became a really good actor. Yeah. Emma Watson, mm-hmm. really enjoyable. Daniel Radcliffe is sewing himself out now. Yeah. I didn't really enjoy him as Harry Potter. But, yeah. And I, it's I, one what of bothered me about the first films was he kind of got big cast on like, looks. And I liked him a lot in Cripple of Inishman when it was... Yeah, uh, I did too. I really did too. I think he's really did started to take that? it seriously. But You I saw think, the play? I saw the play, yeah. Wow. I saw it. In the That's in the weird. younger when he was you know in the in the Harry Potter films he didn't really have any clue what he was doing yeah I think that's always the problem when well, that you're was, casting yeah that was the case you know, with all three of them they kind of learned to act on set yeah. and they've talked about that candidly where like the first movie was literally just like they would tell them where to stand what to say and how to say it and then you know over time they kind of learned and I think the thing about watching those films over is they do get better as you go along they See, absolutely it's do, nice yeah. it's and they get darker mm-hmm. as well which I really yeah. like yeah. because you sort of get introduced to this you know this wizarding world and you know it's, the it's never really the first two movies like the Chris of, Columbus ones they were okay but they just seemed like very they weren't in serious yeah they were very proficient films yeah. like they told the story and you know they told it well enough, but there wasn't anything terribly interesting about no. the film. No, and then they making. introduced. You know, I think what made the difference was they introduced some of the older. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of. The, I mean, you know, Alan Rickman was fantastic in the yeah, first films. You had some really great older actors, and then they introduced Lupin and Sirius in the third yeah, films. And you had two really Oldman fantastic yeah. actors. Yeah. See, can and I Gary say Oldman mm-hmm. and. Um, oh, that's right, Gary Oldman was in that. Sirius, yeah. what Sirius? Fucking the guy that played Sirius. I. I well, that was Gary Oldman, but Gary um, Oldman and um, Lupin the, was. Lupin God, was, I can't um, think of his name. Can I say something? Gary Oldman and oh, fucking Lupin is um God damn it. Fucking hell. It'll be in the footnotes. Yeah. <laughs> I for the first <laughs> Google it. Yeah. Um you You're already on the internet, fucker. You add two hypothetical person listening to this alone. Two really fantastic actors into the mix and you get this huge mm-hmm. 
lift yeah. in storyline that you hadn't had before. Mm-hmm. And this this intrigue that you didn't have with Lupin and the you mm-hmm. know the real what is he and yeah. then you had the Godfather and he's supposedly a murderer and yeah. you had all this intrigue. You would say the opposite. I would say the exact opposite. I for the first time watched this series. Um, actually, around this time last year, I went and I watched all eight films with my girlfriend. And I would say literally the exact opposite of everything you're saying. Like, the films, <laughs> like, it was, like, retrograde. Like, as the okay. films progressed, I th- thought that they got worse and worse. I, really? Yeah. Completely um, disagree. I, I thought that Chris, I wouldn't say that they got better consistently. They didn't I think consistently there was some, get better. There's some up and downs, but I think overall yeah. you had to see that there was an up trend. Yeah, yeah. but I, I, I did I like think they, that there they, was, yeah, they absolutely. certainly got darker, which is what I liked a lot. Yeah, but getting, getting darker doesn't necessarily mean you get better. No, but, no, more but in, in this instance, like, yeah. I would you, say, they, like, you when saw Alfonso... saw that loss of innocence as well. You yeah. saw them lose their innocence, because that was a big part of the books, is that they couldn't be children anymore. Right. Like, someone wasn't going to take care of them and yeah. move them along. They had to do it themselves. And right. I think that was really nice. That came across really well in the films. But see, everything that I saw in the films, like, Chris Columbus is the only director that I remember as doing, like, a really good job directing those films, because of the only films that I feel had some kind of You didn't of like the third one? You didn't like Quaron? I loved Quaron. Actually, that was the one that I had the least interest in. That was really? the one... That was the Prisoner of Azkaban one, right? Well, yeah. I'm just going to say, okay, like... This is, this is why. No, this is no, why. no. Just, like, completely objectively, you're wrong, but go on. <laughs> that, was, that was Alfonso Cuaron? Yeah. Wow, he's a phenomenal that, director. Yeah. What the fuck happened? Um, it, well, that, that was, film... like, one of his first major, like, huge budget movies. Okay. And then after that, like, he kind of... Did he do The Children of Men after that? Yeah, much later. Oh, my God, that movie was fantastic. Not actually, but probably not that much later, the, um, but it was, yeah, it was definitely... My, my problem with The Prisoner of Azkaban film is that it, it establishes the intrigue in the beginning, and then the film has no subsequent plot until, like, the last 20 minutes of the movie. Like, if you go... There was no semblance of a cohesive narrative until the last 20 minutes of the movie. Then they're like, oh, yeah, there's the house, and there's the thing, and there's the I would disagree. I think it builds into the Yeah, climax. I think there's a very slow build, but I, I liked that. I, I like the... Te- it, yeah. it added to the tension of it, because you were always... You were just... You couldn't... Mm-hmm. You had to keep fucking thinking, what is going on? And it took it took so long... And then, you know, it took it took a little time to get to that climax where... And then everything sort of happened at once. And I'll tell you what I like... But, I did but, like about that. But you're someone who's... Um, you've read the books, correct? Yes. 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 I did not read the books okay right. so you could pot it's i'm not saying this is what's happening but you could possibly be interjecting not the filmmaking skills that was put into it but then but how well written the story was well what i will so say that about that um which i think that the first three movies had that the other ones kind of lacked is the third movie had a slow build because it was a very short book yeah and got to have a slow build yeah. the other ones like fucking god goblet of fire was huge. The book was like compared to the other. You could put the first three books together. Right? Yeah, it was the same size. And yeah, uh huh. And so, like all of the other movies, they were they a little bit overstuffed. Things. Yeah, they yeah. had to, you know, cut things. They even cut things out. You know, mm-hmm. there was no Quidditch in the last three movies, and that was huge. They had yeah. the Quidditch World Cup, but they, I mean, yeah. you know, Gryffindor winning the Quidditch Cup wasn't even in the movies. Right, right, right. And that was a huge part of the books, but they just couldn't fit it in. Uh huh. Yeah, so, and so it it felt really really fast. But I do, yeah, I like I really really like the third movie. From from a filmmaking from a filmmaking perspective, my opinion is that it it, it just I don't know. Your I opinion is wrong. The the, the 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 third film. Your argument is invalid. Yeah, the, Everyone the, just ignore this the, thing. The third film is my least favorite 
like <sighs> directing like wise. Movie. Just remember, it's just like remember, the best of all just remember, of guys, that this is a man talking that only has one testicle. Yeah, that's true. It's and not you just can't his take fault. you can't take his word. Okay, listen, <laughs> this, this is this is <laughs> all Bible. This is also someone who's not completely blinded by their love of the Harry Potter novel. I'm speaking purely on the subjective basis where I watched the movie, I did not enjoy it. This is why. Oh, I'm not blinded by my love for anything. Like I have enough distance from those books at this point and those movies where I could just be like, yeah, I like this story a lot better in the third one. I'm not shitting on you and saying like, oh fuck you. No, you uh, say that enough anyway. Any more than wrong. yeah, normally. Yeah. I'm just saying you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs>